Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 79, which is the directorial premiere of Cameron Crowe from 1989, the film Say Anything. Of course, very famous film for my generation. And we pair that with High Fidelity by Stephen Frears from 2000. This is pretty much a John Cusack double feature, and we feel is part of what defines us as a Gen X gen, uh, culture. Uh, both, of these, both of these films are really, really great. Uh, we start off, you know, with uh, John Cusack as a naive adolescent Gen Xer, and we end up with him as an uh, embittered burnout Gen Xer. Uh, but I think that, you know, generally speaking, we look at Gen X as this, this bit of a forgotten generation, and, and in many ways it's been sitting on the sidelines while the other generations are fighting. But uh, ironically, and uh, probably most that that generation is also very responsible for most of the media that we see today. So it's kind of interesting to see that we do feel that, you know, 2000 was a certain you know point in the Gen X lives that that is illustrated really well in High Fidelity. But we feel like there's there's a third movie that's missing and we can't quite figure it out. If you guys know what that third movie should be that would illustrate something that's very Gen X, but more to the present day in the. 2020 or 2021 or whatever uh, let us know we'd love to be able to figure out what that missing movie is it would be really great to hear from you guys okay um, that being said we should uh, want to remind you guys that we are on twitch and I've said that many many times and you guys probably know that by now but we do uh, when we don't recording podcasts on twitch we do watch parties uh, and the what the watch party is is basically we are able to we watch a movie uh, that is on Amazon Prime and it'll sync up everyone on Twitch and we can all watch it together and uh, the chat channel gets quite lively and it gets quite fun and uh, we actually really enjoy it. Uh, we don't put those watch parties out uh, as podcasts. However, they do stay on Twitch for I think 7 or 14 days, something like that. So if you there's a watch party that you missed, you can continue to watch it. The only thing is that uh, it won't actually play the movie for you. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to start the movie. And we do give time codes so you guys can sync it up uh, to work it out. So this has actually worked out quite well. We've actually had one of our users tell us that he was able to do the watch party after we already did it. And uh, this particular user lives in Malta, of all places. So it was really great to be able to see what he's able to do there. So anyway, go check it out. If you want to be able to do that, go check it out. Go into our Twitch channel. That is twitch.tv slash martini uh, underscore giant. That's, again, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And while you are there... You can subscribe to us if you would like. Uh, we would really appreciate that. That helps support us and support all, support all the things we're doing. Uh, and we would really appreciate that. And if you would like to support us in another way, um, you can actually go to our store at martinijohn.com. We have a threadless store that's featured on our site. And you can buy T-shirts, mugs, bath mats, shower curtains, beach towels, all kinds of stuff. Eric's put a bunch of stuff up there, and he is putting up new stuff every day. So we'd appreciate any support you can give to Martini Giant so that we can continue bringing you our ridiculously long format uh, film chatty podcast. All right. But for this episode, episode number 79, we will be doing Say Anything and High Fidelity. Enjoy. Oh, that feels good. That's nice. You sound robust. Yeah. 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 You, you sound robust. 
I like that. Better than sound, sounding busty. <laughs> to each his own. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm uh, I am broadcasting from my new microphone and my new webcam. You, like you know, it? so that is it's you sound really good. No, that's it's better than my phone. <laughs> Which microphone did you get? I got the one the that you one? have. The same one. No, really? Yeah, of course. How do you like you. it? Well, See, it, you it, have the spit guard. Yeah, no, that's best. Is it? This, this beard doesn't doesn't do, do that service quite as well as it should. No. Now, <clears> here's <throat> a thing that Dan is doing that you're not doing, Eric, because he's putting the microphone in front of his face, and you, I don't hear an echo. <laughs> and I get <laughs> automatic free inch. No, take the whole microphone, put it in front of your face, like all the way over. Like this. There you go. Look at it's that. It's so rich. It's so rich. Suddenly, this becomes the like the most sensual How's podcast in the. Oh, I love it on the weekend film, it. Twitter feed. Yes. <clears throat> Welcome everybody. It's Martini Giant. <laughs> <laughs> so far on the Twitch. First of all, let's just say Twitch is back. Thank God. Twitch is back. I like. I like. Uh, uh, I. It was a very frustrating thing, but honestly, I know they had some big problems, but. Well, they reset everything. They after reset all of everything our data got and, scraped and sold. Yeah. <laughs> what were the big problems? Oh, all uh, like I couldn't log in. All the accounts were were basically massive, massive uh, taking of data kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, you know, it's the it's the everyday on the internet. Like everything that you once yeah. considered personal is now uh, for sale. Not that we had a lot of personal <laughs> stuff on the Martini Giant. This is true. Know, yeah. yeah twitch account but but you never know. Uh, anyway all the pat like i couldn't i had to reset the password like multiple so many times that basically it locked us out of the account completely <laughs> which isn't cool nice uh and then also uh, uh but then i had to email support and say help and they said okay we reset your account one more time now it should work and that i did and then uh it worked and now we are good so do you consider it strange that so many of the big social media companies have been completely going offline for days? Yeah, what time? is going on with that? <laughs> you guys seem to up. think that it was basically on purpose. I uh I think I didn't no, I don't know if it's on purpose. I find it I there's no way to say that it is on purpose. I find it extremely coincidental. Yeah, there's a there's a great line from Inglourious Facebook Bastards. would go offline just as the whistleblower says right, Facebook is right. bad. <laughs> it's it's like in Inglourious Bastards when uh, Brad Pitt says, yeah, we have a word for that kind of coincidence. It's called suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. He's great. Uh, oh, wait, did we lose your video? No, yeah. No, I see. Your, your video is off on, uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully Twitch will, will bring it back. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. The problem is, I don't know if people can hear you either. <laughs> we don't have anyone in that we can do a test with. We're going to have to wait. Yeah. No, nope, you're um, back now. Okay. There it is. You're back now. Should I turn off my video feed just to, even though I got this no. goddamn web camera? Good God. No, no, no. No, no, no. I don't think that's the problem. <clears throat> that's the problem. It's right when I started talking about Facebook. How about that? Add that fuel to the fire. That is. That's what we call suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> yeah, boy. I'm uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I've tried to shake that from the leaves of my tree, but uh, 
but sometimes the the hackles go up. What are you gonna oh. What are you gonna do? I want to get another booster shot so I can be more magnetic. magnetic. I know. She's. I mean, this. <laughs> I thought this chip would help locate me better for the government, but I gotta, gotta get a gotta get a booster chip shot rather booster shot. Booster chip. <laughs> I'm gonna go with, uh, <clears throat> some uh, some Belgian tapiste beers that I got. At oh yeah! Look at there that. we go. There we go. Yeah, that's that is a Westmail. Westmale. I am a Westmale. huge fan of the Belgian Trappist beers. Those are delicious. Belgian yes. beers in general, yes, I think are lovely. They're uh, and they pack a punch, which is nice. Yeah, a little bit of a little kick. I uh, was first introduced to those when I was going to Wusterkuk, uh, I think you said, but everyone says Wurstkirch, the restaurant that serves lots of sausage. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Sausage Kitchen. Sausage Kitchen, yes. And uh, Wurstkirch? Wurstkirch. Wurst, 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 is, Wurst is, is sausage, and yeah. Kitch is kitchen. It's kitchen, yeah. yeah. And that place, I don't know if it's still around. I assume it's still around, but maybe it didn't make it through the pandemic. I haven't been out there. But mm. man, that was a great, great old joint. Great yes, they had really good sausages and really good beers. They had both uh, the, sort of the German style and the Belgian style beer, and yeah. the Belgian ones were delicious. My my friend um, and I would go there for the Saint Bernardus. Hmm. Saint Bernardus. Saint Bernardus. Right. Very big fans. That'd be um, Carl Denham, who I've made movies with before, and mm -hmm. uh, I believe it, I might might listen to this podcast, which would be which would be lovely. But uh, Saint Bernardus was our was our go-to that and alligator alligator sausage alligator yeah. sausage that's yep. right yep that sounds yeah. horrible it was actually really good it's a little spicy it's nice we have a new user named extra more extra more extra more extra more more extra welcome extra more <laughs> to the podcast to martini giant that's fantastic uh, feel free to type in chat uh as you are uh you know as you enjoy the show. Uh, all right, so a couple things. I may want to cut this a little bit short because uh, Lily's going to be performing um, uh, a Wizard of Oz for uh, play. How short? Oh, um, I don't know, like half right. an hour short? No. <laughs> no. no, but two, yeah. two hours, is it? Two, two and a half hours, two hours? Somewhere two hours, two and a half hours would be great. Okay, Yeah, we can do it. We can, we do, can it. do it. We can do it. Oh, and we're doing... Okay. All right. So how about, so 15 minutes. But I still think we should do the opening <laughs> chit chat. We still have time for chat. I mean, come on. We can still talk about everything yeah, we want to talk it. about. In that although, although nothing is going to be as exciting as the story you told about shark fishing. So like, we, oh, I think we should right. just take take it easy. Like, let's not get too exciting uh, this go round because uh, the audience, I believe, may be Ooh. breathless from, yeah, good, right? That, oh, that beer is good. That was the oot of drinking craft beer. Is it light beer or is it, is it light beer or dark? No, that is dark. Oh well, it's not. No, it's not dark, but it's not. Here's a color, Eric. Oh yeah, that is actually that's lighter than I expected. So, but yeah, but it's it, got a. Uh, but it's uh, it's got a full got flavor a, to it. It's got a lot of flavor to it yeah. and uh, stronger in the alcohol content. Yeah, these are usually around. I want to say twelve. No, that's a little high. I mean, this one is probably about eight or nine. Eight but, or nine. Yeah. But most most beers, like especially American beers, are like five. Yeah. So it's twice as strong as an American beer. Though, and we are not sponsored by Heineken. I do want to say I had Heineken Zero, and I yes, I was shocked that I liked it better than Heineken, which is not saying a lot, but it's better than <laughs> Heineken. 
it's not a super high bar but they cleared it i was like oh okay and it's zero zero it's not like zero zero there's no alcohol whatsoever and i uh, I drink michelob ultra which is that super light stuff oh yeah yeah i like good shitty beer and like i'm i'm a um i'm a past budweiser well that's the budweiser absolutely i have no problems with it at all you really like budweiser absolutely i do my favorite beer is sapporo but i like the light light lighter not light beers pale ales pale ales is that what they're Yep. So like Sapporo, uh, Corona color ish. Uh, you know what you would like. Stripe, uh, and you would like it. And Peroni. I put ice in them. Peroni. You would like Peroni, and also mm-hmm. the German one. Uh, uh, lost Eric again. Something's up. up, up Dan. Up, 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 up. Dan. I mean. Spotten. Hey, if anyone's listening, anyone out there is listening. Uh, I don't know. It's weird that we don't hear you, but here, hold on. This is what we make everyone do on their on their first first time oh. watching the giant. Okay, so what I just did is I unmuted you on Twitch, and the, indeed we can't hear you. That's oh no! Oh no! How do All we right. solve this problem? I seem to be uh, back now. Am I back now? You're back now, but you know, I don't want to have this problem again. This, this happens. Okay, so this happened when I was not on Google before, but now I'm on Google. I'm not being fully booted, but there is something that is uh, keeping me from going on. Something about your feed is not quite right. Do you, uh, shall I try the um, turn off the video trick? You Might be could... just a data problem. Uh... You notice that every time he goes out, we're talking about alcohol? Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. true. But, but that means that we're always talking about alcohol anyway. <laughs> and there he goes again. <laughs> Boop. All right. I'm going to turn off the video and see if it happens. Okay? Is that going to okay. work? All right. So right, video is see. out, but I'm continuing to talk. We just have to see how it goes. I think there might be some um, heavy Well, the problem is now I don't know if you're out or not. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, hang on. I'll check back in. I bet I I think I'm, yeah I'm, oh, and now the feed picks up just a couple seconds later. Yeah. Oh um, boy. I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to see. I'll keep an eye on that. I'm gonna look at Twitch right here. I'm gonna put Twitch right in front of me. Okay. And if I, and if I go out, I will uh, I will call it out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Okay. So what are we talking about? We are talking about the John Cusack double feature mm-hmm. of say anything and high fidelity. Now I'm gonna say. Off the yes. bat, uh, not only did I, I really liked revisiting these movies, I haven't seen them in a long time. Um, but this feels like it needs, we said this before when we were picking them, it feels like it needs a third film. Like mm. this feels like it's supposed to be part of a trilogy emotionally. Yes. And oh, we can't, but they haven't made the third film. They yet. haven't made the third film yet. Now, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Gross <laughs> Point Blank, but that's sort of like that's not the right that's film. That's kind of off to the side. That's sort of like a, that's a, uh, that's a uh, that's a B-side movie. Um, right. But these two are right in line and we need the post high fidelity the high fidelity old John Cusack movie that fits yes. this because I So I... what's interesting about this as well is uh we also said this isn't the John Cusack podcast because we would have picked other ones to be about That's John exactly Cusack. right. Yes, right. This is the gen x relationship podcast the gen x relationship <laughs> podcast yeah which is actually why we didn't go for other junk there are other great john cusack movies yeah right and uh and, and like we like could I said, have done gross point 
Yeah, Gross yeah, Point or, is, or, is amazing. It's, it's tremendous. Yeah, or we could have done, you know, being John Malkovich. <laughs> being John Malkovich, absolutely awesome. Or you can do um, uh, uh, one that I just rewatched for the kids, which I couldn't believe how well it held up, is um, uh, two dollars. What, what's it? What is it? Uh, oh, uh, better, better off, off dead. dead. Better off dead is still fucking hysterically funny. Like that, it, it's sort of. I was like, of all the movies that I thought would age poorly, uh, this was not one of them. I thought this would be like. I, I thought this. I, I thought I was going to watch this and go like, "Oh, no, this is not working." But it actually works great. It's absolutely hysterical all the way through. Mm-hmm. But uh, but here we are, Gen X ended up, and looking back at two landmark stories of our life. <laughs> Say anything yeah. and high fidelity. Yeah. What were your What yeah. were your feelings on this? What was it? What was the overall feeling uh, rewatching these things for you guys? So for me, I mean, like maybe about two, three weeks ago, I was, I just watched high fidelity again. I just saw mm-hmm. it on, on HBO max. And I said, Oh, I want to watch it. And I was like, Oh my God, we got to make this into a podcast because it's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. High fidelity mm-hmm. is so good. Agreed. And then we, had to, then we had to figure out what we were going to pair it with. And that actually took several conversations. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> to come up with it. And we, cause you know, obviously say anything makes sense. But we wanted to do the trilogy, like you said. We couldn't figure out what that would be. We should right. we do this or that. And it was really hard to figure that out. But um, then I, you know, we finally decided I don't say anything. And I watched that. And I was worried, right? You're always worried about those movies from the 80s that you really loved. Right. <laughs> you know, they're oh, that be, they'll be horrible. They'll yeah, be well, horrible. Like, either the comedy just, up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Either it's just not like the, the comedy isn't as good as you remember. Uh, or like there's some giant racist element that you are aware of. <laughs> right, or date rape all of a sudden. Exactly. Is, that's yeah. why you have to we're watch We're looking at you, of, 16 Candles. That's why you have to watch <laughs> a lot of pretentious art movies because you know Amen. in 50 years Amen. they'll still look great. Amen. Like, yeah, I was cool then, I'm cool now. I stick with it. I stick with it. No, Talking like, about cool, the new Todd Haynes documentary on uh, Velvet Underground Oh, we lost uh, Dan. We lost Dan. Just a second. Okay. Velvet Underground. Go ahead. Tell me some about it's it, Eric. Awesome. While we wait I just started it today. It's amazing. It's Where really- is it available? <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, Apple TV or Amazon. Uh, it's Apple TV. There, I'm back. Okay. Perfect. So I think what we'll have to do, uh, that's awesome, Eric. And Apple TV, I don't have, but that's okay. Uh, Dan, uh, what we'll do for you is whenever you go out, Eric and I are going to fill in the blank and talk about what you would say about Titanic. Yeah. Like we did I think time. that's the most appropriate possible yeah. choice. I completely endorse mm-hmm. this because yeah. I, I think as the audience knows, like we are completely simpatico on those feelings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, but let's keep if, going. If you, if you take everything they say about Titanic and then reverse it, then uh, you'll get exactly how I feel about Titanic. It's on, it's, now, by the way, number three on Netflix, I believe, for this week. Now, I've noticed something, mm-hmm. uh, Dan, mm-hmm. that uh, when when you we had this problem when we recorded the Halloween episode uh, last week or whatever it was, and you kept dropping out of Riverside because we used Riverside, which is mm-hmm. not this, obviously. Right. It, it was almost exactly every like four or five minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. We should time it. Okay. Right. And it seems like we're following the same thing now. Right. Is there a and timer I'm wondering, on this thing? I'm wondering if your cache is uh, uh, filled up on your right. browser. Right. So if you go to your browser okay. and you go to the three little dots on the top right, and then you go to settings I'm and there. you go to 
uh, uh, privacy and security, and Got then you it. see clear browser data, and then go clear ahead and clear browser. the images and files. Let's and what see. does it say? Uh, cookie and site data, clear data. Is that it? Uh, uh, clear, no, clear browser data. This Let's should see. be right above it. Let's see, clear browser data. I got everything else. Standard, strict, custom, cookies and site data. That's my first option. So enhanced tracking protection, lots of options there. Then okay. cookies and site data, your stored cookies, site data, and cache. There we are, clear data. Okay. And clearing. All right. Okay. Cached Hopefully web content. That help. All right. Let's see if that does the trick. Okay. That, is, that and, is cleared. Okay. Hopefully you are still on. Uh, maybe that will help. That will just give us a little more buffer. Maybe the buffer just runs out or something. Right. Okay. Let's see what happens. So, I'm feeling. All right. Okay. So, um, uh, high fidelity. Okay. No. So, so say anything. Mm -hmm. I think we should talk about that one first because that's really sort of the, first of all, what, what was your reaction when you resaw high, uh, say anything, Eric? It was actually, it made me, well, it made me feel old. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Can I throw out the one, just to, I don't know, hijack it. I just want to say the one thing that made me feel, the movie didn't make me feel old, but realizing that I am a year older than John Mahoney's character, that yes. made me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mm -hmm. jump. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, Please continue. It was, <laughs> it was definitely, uh, it was, uh, first of all, I, I really, going back to it, I noticed like the directing style, like using the little strong kid characters. Mm -hmm. that he does, uses. Mm -hmm. And um, just the way he told the story, it was like um, Jerry Maguire. He's a great director. This is Cameron Crowe, right? Yeah. Cameron Crowe, yeah. Right. And, and he also did Almost Famous. Yep. He hasn't made a good and... movie in a while, but he was in a good run for a bit. Almost Famous is terrific. Almost mm -hmm. Famous, Jerry yeah. Maguire. Mm -hmm. Say anything. Um, say plus, anything. he wrote Fast Times, I think. Yeah, it's a great movie. That's a good movie. For sure. So I just it did it didn't age for me. It was good. It was a very Same. good film. Um, but there are some films in the eighties that just don't hold up. It does. Hold no, up. they don't. Right. And it's very yeah. smart and it's just great filmmaking. And but it also made me feel old. And I'm going to admit it, guys. I'm going mm -hmm. to go down that road. It's and the other thing is, I think it's an important film, and they definitely acknowledge its importance in high fidelity. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> they reference it a lot when yeah. you look at these side by side well what i think it's a really what's really sort of startling about say anything is that like it's one thing when you're a kid and watching this because this is like john cusack's life is in, almost exactly in sync with my own right like this movie came out in 1989 which is when i graduated high school um he talks he tends to gravitate towards things that like you know directly uh, mirror my life in some ways um yep. and uh, and this movie, when I was a kid, like I really, the love story really obviously struck me just like it did with everybody back then. Um, right. but this time, like it, though that like the love story absolutely still worked. And I thought it was just as sort of subtle and powerful as it was before. Like the. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're lost. You oh, lost. You. Was that four <laughs> minutes? I don't know, but uh, I don't know, but we'll see. 
so you come back all right so so uh yeah the the emotional journey is definitely strong not as strong as titanic but <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm back. Back. <laughs> just in time uh so yeah the uh like the emo like the emotional uh like the the realism of the emotions across the board for all the primary characters was much deeper than i remember especially with her dad yeah like john right. john mahoney is like nailing Fantastic. i love john mahoney anyway but he i think i was like that is uh, like the way it tracks her story with her dad is so is is great is equally as deep yeah. as 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 yeah well i remember story. i do remember how how strong that dad thing was right her dad is like super aggressive about yeah. her success and everything else right, right? he's he's like <laughs> it was funny is that it takes place in seattle and it's john Mahoney who plays the dad on fraser yeah, and right. then what's her name the the maybe the north is in there yeah exactly <laughs> north, i know it's so funny. yeah it's, it's like oh shit you know so there's yeah. a lot of seattleness to it and yeah, or a lot yeah. of fraser in it in fraser, some ways. and i kept, I kept thinking about that yeah. kept thinking about that but her dad is definitely super like he's a tiger mom pretty much you know, yeah and, it, and, and like he but he's not like he's not written as a caricature like he's a real like I was just like, this is a really thoughtful presentation of someone who, like, loves his daughter supremely, yet mm -hmm. also has sort of ego problems of his own and like has messed up his life in this shady way, and like all the right. stuff where you're just like, uh, it it digs into the skin of it. Like instead of having a, a the like the normal sort of bad guy parent who's just like, I don't want you dating Lloyd Dobler or whatever it is, yeah. like. Like no, he's can, very good about it, right? He's right. like he's he's almost a slightly passive aggressive. Like, sure, yeah. but he ahead, also have fun, do whatever you want. Him yeah, yeah. That is planning because he sees him out the window acting like a jerk. But it was almost oh, like it's awesome. Totally yeah. felt in control. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I did. I I liked his. I paid attention more to his character than just him being a, a parent trying to block it, like the yeah. dance movie at camp. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like uh, dirty Patrick's dancing, or yeah, dirty exactly, dancing right? Because uh, that's the standard. I mean, it's perfectly fine to have a cartoon character in in a teen comedy thing like this. But the reason why the movie opens up into a different like level is because they don't they don't go for that. Like the movie starts out very teen comedy, and then it slowly becomes like an actual drama, like a real drama. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, and it gets and like I was interested in watching the credits uh, when I was when I was watching the credits in the beginning. I was like. Oh, it's uh, James. Uh, what's his name? Um, who directed Broadcast News is the producer on this thing. And yeah, I was it's like, Gracie Films. Yeah, and so it's just like, of course, like that's the like broad, Broadcast News is another one which, like, yeah, there's lots of broad humor in Broadcast News, but it's mm -hmm. also incredibly subtle and painfully realistic about its character relationships. And I think that uh, that he really, uh, like, I think that Cameron Crowe was like allowed to give real room to these characters in a way that like. You just don't see even now. Like I think that, in fact, you see it even less now in adult drama. Um, and I was really like the like when he's when the dad is having the fight with um, Ioni Sky, um, and he's basically saying, uh, "I don't know, is it me?" Like he's trying to get her to break up with him, but uh, and like he's being both uh, open and emotional about trying to confront his own feelings, but he's also being manipulative about it. And you can also see him getting really sharply angry and then having pull it down over and over again. And I was right. like, what? This guy is fucking acting. It's just like he's delivering the goods beyond. I mean, he was amazing on Frasier, but you forget how how truly great he was 
just at, like yeah. Yeah, at movies like this. Like, I mean, he, you right. have to be great to be as great as he was in Frasier. I mean, like, absolutely no, no contest. But sure. Like, uh, but the the subtlety with which he was Mahoney was tracking that was just like just. Beyond you know what's interesting about him is that he grew up in England and he had a thick English accent. I don't know. Right. If you know that. Yes. Yeah. Just nice strange. Way. So he <laughs> yeah. had to, when he came back to the United States as an actor, he had to even though he's American, he had this thick English accent. Right. So he had to shed his english accent yeah, and shake that uh, off, yeah. For, for 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 films and he sort of picked up this sort of chicago accent in a right. way it's a little bit chicago right in the, yeah. in the way he talks yep. no he sounds like a chicago cop pretty much that's i think what yeah he really ma he really part. mastered yeah. that after a while and i think that like, yeah he, like when he's like you know in the end when he's like i'm incarcerated lloyd i absolutely love it. yeah mahoney like I, I basically knew. I only really recognized Mahoney when I started watching Frasier. Like it was like, oh, I love Frasier's dad. And then to go yeah. back and see him in movies like Moonstruck and and uh, oh yeah, and, oh my uh, god, he's so good in Moonstruck. Oh, he's, he's so dumb. creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's just a oh, he has that two sides. That's really strange you say that. Yeah, because yeah. he, he really because like in Moonstruck, he like he does a and even like you're saying like. A... Mm hmm. Yep, we lost you. <laughs> yeah, he's he, at Titanic. <laughs> you know, just like just like that creepy guy. guy you know, Titanic. Titanic. He's yeah, playing the violin just, when the ship is. He's sinking. playing the violin with. Yeah, that's the thing. Same thing that's going on there. Uh, but uh, hopefully, it looks like you only go out for about fifteen seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. See? Okay, go. so we we're talking about okay. sex past Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic. That's basically where, yeah. where we're at. Okay, so but yeah, Mahoney like tracks this. Like he still remains a deep personality even when he's presented with the op option of being a cartoon. And, right. um, and I think that I, 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 you know, Cameron Crowe, Cameron Crowe is a good subtle director and it's great that he recognized this, but I, what I really, what I really love about, about the movie is the movie seems to grow up as you watch the, as the movie goes on, you know, right. it, it becomes, it goes from being like, you know, sort of shitty knockoff high school movie, like when they're at the party and all this stuff. And it and it and uh and it's like yeah this is funny and there's Eric Stoltz and he's doing this Eric Stoltz thing and this and is great Jeremy Piven Jeremy Jeremy Piven over funny yeah he's you know, he's sticking it up and it's fun it's super fun but and what's only, her name Lily what's oh, her, Lily uh, Taylor who's amazing I, and, uh, yes yeah she's great but also like, in high fidelity also in high fidelity <laughs> and of course Joan Cusack is part of the Joan Cusack well she's in every film yeah. and it's, which I never complain about ever I love Joan Cusack no. she's totally amazing but like the all of the stuff is there all the stuff you see in the beginning is totally undifferentiated top shelf 80s high school comedy stuff right it, there's no right. like the, in the first third it's like there's no depth in the movie it's just sort of like oh this is a good time but who cares you know but then but you need to, you need that you need that that specifically because you have to go through the journey that they're about totally to agree through. totally and now you can now you i can see that it's from on shallow purpose. to make right. them to make them get there right yeah. and so that's the whole point yeah i agree, uh, I agree. And, and when they get to their actual now it is very, you know, very romantic the way they are. And I mean that in the sense of like their, their, their love that they develop over time is, mm -hmm. is, is feels it's genuine. Totally <laughs> real. I totally <laughs> buy it. Totally. totally like, I'm like, it. oh my God. You know, and it, yes, it's very young and naive in a lot of ways. Yeah, but it's which very is, realistic. Which, very but realistic. it's very realistic. Also that young and naive love plays so well when you put it 
next to high fidelity. Oh yeah, good that. God, yeah. Because what a, the, what a the, journey. Because <laughs> well, if you go from that and you say, imagine this was the prequel to that. Yeah, exactly, dude. exactly. Because <laughs> it could totally be a, a sequel. Like yeah. high fidelity could be a they, sequel. They are very, they are very. Could very well, very, yeah. yeah very sure. Up and, and that's actually a good point. Yeah. But then, yeah. um, you never think about that, but that is true. Yeah, like I, I really feel like the that this is a. Like say they are both. Uh, I don't. Wanna, I don't. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to cross over into high fidelity just yet. But like I would say that like these are both amazingly honest movies. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of them is very hopeful, and one of them is very cynical. But they're but they're very very realistic in how they're portraying their emotions. And I well, think that like that like the and which means which ultimately means to say like neither one is cynical. They're both trying to be hopeful. One is more brightly hopeful, and one is a little bit more like. Let's keep it together, hopeful. <laughs> you know, but like it's sort of like yeah. the same. It's a, it's the same. Um, like because the, the actually the great uh, Gen X um, trilogy about relationships uh, and may still be ongoing is uh, uh, before sunset, um, uh, uh, be, uh, uh, before midnight. I'm sorry, and then uh, what is it? Uh, what's the first one? Uh, before sunrise, before sunset, and and before midnight. Um, which are increasingly horrifying as they go, you know, and like the first one is uh, with, you know, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy is like, so like, and I mean this as a compliment to the filmmaking, like it's so uh, full of, full of itself, arrogant, we're going to live forever love. That's uh, Link Letter, right? And then the second one is like, oh shit, maybe we're kidding ourselves and we're running out of time. And then the third one is just like, we are kidding ourselves, period. And do we actually love each other at all? And it's and it's a shattering journey. That's like it's like one of the most heavy duty love stories I've ever seen and represented on film. And so like this is like these movies, like um, say anything and uh, high fidelity, sort of like they're 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 lighter more enjoyable kinds of pictures yeah. um but they track the same way like uh, like high fidelity starts to feel very anxiety written and where right. say anything as much as, as much as is going on uh it is not an anxious film it's a very it's a very honest and believing film and a very hopeful film right. And, um, Should we talk about it at all in terms of what it is, the story? Do you think, I, or hopefully I mean, most, most people, people have seen it? But we can give it, a, we'll give it a quick rundown. We'll just give it a quick rundown. In case you yeah. haven't seen it, John John Cusack is a, this is a graduating high school. John Cusack is kind of a loser or a drifter. No, or a, he's, no he's, he's a immature. popular kid. Well, the thing is, I, I do want to point out one thing. What's it's really he's great not a loser, him. no. He's he, but he's a drifter. He's not necessarily he's a, very successful. Yeah, he's not. In his he's life. not very focused. He's not even really that smart. You know, like right. he's just sort of a he's a popular funny. And he kid. admits it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And then she is um she is uh the valedictorian right. and has worked extremely hard all of her life right. because she's been driven by her dad who's been telling her to do things to the right. point where she has graduated and realized that she never actually connected with any one of her people in school. But yeah, she's she's not out, she would be normally part of like the 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 uh pretty click or part of the brainy click or part of the whatever, but like she really didn't experience high school at all because of her relationship with her father. Uh, like mm -hmm. she was just like, I'm just going to do the work. And, you know, she's very attractive, but is right. disconnected from the high school scene. She's super smart, but isn't like overwhelmed by school itself. 
Right. Uh, and so and like, she's they're, not they're... disliked by anyone, right? But she's exactly. just, no one knows who the hell she is because right. she's never been around school, even though she technically graduated from that right. school. Exactly. So, so you other... could almost say that like, she doesn't know, she like, like, uh, uh, nobody really knows who she is. And Lloyd Dobler doesn't really know who he is, you know, and he like... doesn't really know who she is either. Exactly. Exactly. But so... he is completely in love with her. Yes. And decides to sneak in for a selfie with her basically <laughs> right. kind of like you trying to photobomb a celebrity at a, right. at a mall or something right? <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty fun saying it's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah like and it's, so, it, and it's that journey right from the from from yeah. the, like complete goofy high school shitty movie love to actual right love. right right and so he decides to just go like just risk it and just call her up and asks right. her out on a date at which point she just says fine <laughs> right she's never done anything like that and he's asking her uh, because she's basically super cute like that's that's right. his whole motivation smart, she's like well, yeah, yeah she's i smart think she's likable she's... and funny and like she, she's super cute, but he doesn't know anything about her really like he's just right. sort of like she's like she's attractive she's smart and she's cute and that's i want right. to i want to i want to ask her out and that's his whole that's right. his whole motivation right there right right so he takes her out uh to a party a specific mm -hmm. party which is a you know high school party after graduation blah 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 right and uh her dad's like all right you know but be good or whatever so they be go good. there and you know we start to see a little bit of some of the other cast of characters including uh lily taylor's character who's completely enamored by some boy which is anyway, it's a side story <laughs> it, it's, and it's hysterical it's, it's hysterical right her, her 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 what i like is that it kind of mirrors a little bit her character in high fidelity yeah who's exactly the same like but also like mystic pizza. fucked up mystic view pizza. of relationship <laughs> right exactly she she specialized in that shit she was like the, she was like the babe ruth of fucked up relationships in indie film it's totally awesome. yeah who was it eric she was also in mystic pizza yep yep she was yeah yeah dog fight she's which great took, dog fight yeah which took place in mystic connecticut which is yep. near my mom's house julia julia roberts good good little picture a young good matt damon picture. as a yep. douchebag uh um, so oh. so so <laughs> that's right that's right Eric. it's right yeah it's pretty funny that's a good little i like that movie it's a cute movie vincent d'onofrio is uh is uh, one of the uh other characters boyfriends i was just like off a full metal jacket you do mystic pizza that's wild <laughs> uh -huh. remember the super hey. killer who, who commits suicide you're perfect hey, for charming fish what's her name <laughs> What she? What's the the her name? Boys don't cry, and then did the core right after that. Oh, the core, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hilary Swank, star Hilary of Boys Swank. Don't Cry, one of the best actresses in the world. The core. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, they're uh, they're uh, where where are we? So it goes to the party. We start to see little glimpses of the personality. We start to notice that she really has never connected with anyone in her high school, and that he is basically the reliable one. Like somehow he's reliable and nice to everyone. Right. Right. He's, and like trusted said, he's not the they give him the keys to the party. They give him all the keys to all his cars. Right. Right. Which is hilarious. He's uh, a, he's a good guy. Like that's, that's the, the thing. That's it. Right. Like that's who he is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Right. And so what's interesting is when you start to realize her dad's like not liking him, you kind of have to like him, even though he's not, doesn't really see a bright future in him. Right. He's right. A, just a nice person. Yeah, he's like right? he, he's he's nice to people. He helps people out. He drives people home. You know, he's just like with, he's a you good get dude. that sense when he's with a little boy 
And what's right. interesting is I think the Cameron Crowe likes to use really mature young kids. Oh yeah. And as his, a yeah. way to show the this character of the yeah. thing. He did it with Jerry Maguire to yep. um yes. human it? head weighs eight pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's yeah. just like he uses those as a, a mechanism to show kind of the empathy of the characters and what they're really like. Because if they yes. can take time to talk to a kid and teach kids Taekwondo, yep. then yeah, exactly. When when he's like when he picks up the kid and is like strung up, strung him like a guitar. Like you can't not love John Cusack in that moment. It's right. amazing. Like he's he's perfectly charming, you know. Right. And just so, so you know, so the, what that basically is is he he lives with his sister who um who's a single mother with her young boy, and he's kind of goofing around with his basically his his nephew. Right. Um. And uh, the she's like you know she wants him to be more of a father figure and he just wants to be the cool uncle oh yeah what would she say she's like why can't you why can't you be his uncle instead of his playmate she's all right. pissed off because her life is right. anxious and shitty you know right like, all she can see is the stress and like right. and he and he says back to her just like what well, is it so hard to just be in a good mood you know just be in a good mood <laughs> i was just like and the thing is i mean now i look at it, i'm just like yeah no kidding yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, yeah. that's actually the correct answer you know yeah I think that like he is such a mild, like a mild but powerful force of good in this movie, uh, that it almost like because in any other John Cusack movie, it's about how sort of sharp and clever he is, which is really entertaining, right? Right. Um, but uh, but in this, they really just let him be sort of easy and good, right? And right. and and because of that, all these other judgments are being formed around him because of like. Uh, of how that character feels about themselves like right. his like john uh like john cusack's goodness sort of reveals the other character's stresses and that's true for right. his sister that's true for john mahoney it's true for like his three best friends you know right. and and really it's true for ioni sky like that's the real that because like he doesn't really have a tremendous journey in the movie he just falls he he falls in love with her right but she is and the he's one lucky, who's going through the struggle no, well no, I'm not saying he doesn't have a struggle, but I'm saying like like she has the complex struggle of like, and the reason why he has a struggle is because of her reaction. Like, it's like there is something about she's just what, a, a big, because she dumps because she dumps him. Like he he grows up and he grows up like sort of straightforwardly in the movie. Like he has this like he realizes he loves her and he's gonna say he loves her. Like he's like I used to be a fucking idiot kid. I graduated. And now I'm in love with someone for real. Like this is, that's basically what happens for him. Right. And the only thing that he hasn't experienced is a giant painful slap in the face. Right. And when he gets one, that's when his challenge happens, but he gets one because Ioni Sky is, can't figure out how to deal with him because she can't figure out how to deal with her own emotions via her dad who can't figure out how to deal with his own emotions. Well, okay. Here's, here's my feeling. Mm -hmm. This is about families. Mm-hmm in a lot of ways right so her and every one of these have a relationship a family relationship that's going on in some ways and i'm talking right. family in a very broad way right so for 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 the, the girl her family is her dad and it is like unbelievably defined and strict mm -hmm. right. right even though they pretend like it's unbelievably open and wonderful and sweet Right, right, and it, and, but, and, it, and I don't think the sweetness is false. I think no, they, I think it's, but I think there's it's real, definitely but it, a set of goals that make yeah. it very strict. Yes, right, for sure. And so, sure, that is her relationship. And 
the journey she goes, the, all of them are going through a journey where they're going from one family to another, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and they're experiencing a different thing, right? right? So her dad is going through experience of losing family, right? Mm -hmm. That's the, that's what he's experiencing, right? And what John Cusack is going through the experience is gaining family, right? Right. Because right. he has a family with his sister, but his Parents sister, aware. right? Parents aren't there, right? And he's just basically he, he hangs around with that little kid. And he's great with him. The kid is probably like the happiest little kid in the world. Sure. Because, right. you know, most dads don't goof around with their kids like that. And he's right. just having a great time, right? right? So that's, that's fun. And it's a kind of a family in some ways. But like, Joan Cusack doesn't realize that's a family. Yeah, right? exactly. Well put. So yeah, she, exactly. she doesn't, she doesn't figure that out. Right? right. And so that's his thing. So, and he is going through, okay, it's not really family. These are just people I hang out with. Right. Mm -hmm. in, like, just like his other friends, like Lily Taylor and the other girls that he hangs out with. Also, it's very telling that his close friends are all girls. Yeah, it's very yeah. true. Right. Very because true. there's a, he makes a, a big point, you know, there's that hilarious scene in the, in the, in the, at the, at the, in the parking lot the where gas it's like, and sip. The gas and sit. Why like well, these guys are guys. fucking losers? Yeah, they're just idiots. They're just idiots. They're you know? like idiots. They're, they tell like, they they tell each other stories about women. Like they don't experience anything, right? Like, you know. And Why aren't go, you hanging out with women by choice, man? By choice, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's literally perfect. Like I've been quoting that one like my whole life. Oh yeah, <laughs> of the great great moments in this film. Yeah, by yeah, choice, yeah, for man. sure. By choice. Yeah, you bet. You know, and what's interesting to me is I remember like this film was uh, one of my, my roommate in college. It was like one of his favorite films and he used to quote it all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the irony of that. I don't know if it's irony or or not, but he was the valedictorian at Colgate. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> he go. He was ridiculously ambitious about everything and right. hyper competitive right. about everything, right? right. Because... There was someone else. He had a a, a four point oh eight GPA, mm. right at at Colgate, and it was that was back when it was actually really really hard to get an A plus. <laughs> that's what I Yeah, that was before what we call grade inflation that we have mm -hmm. now. But he right. was basically had you know he was, and so someone else had equally very very high grades, and because he was a poli sci and economics major. And she was a neuroscience major. We kept joking with him that she was smarter than he was because she was a neuroscience major, and you were just taking some bullshit yeah. economics. She and actually works with brains. <laughs> yeah, and so he took that really personally. So yeah, right. as his elective, because he had to take some electives, or no, he had to take some distribution requirements. So he had to take some science classes. Mm -hmm. He took neuroscience as his science. Oh, class. son of a bitch, man! I was gonna say like, as an elective, he murdered her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. like it's like that's like, like choosing neuroscience just to put someone else down is yeah totally hilarious to me <laughs> like, yes I would never... <laughs> just, it wasn't to put her down because he actually liked her the irony sure, is sure, sure the sure. irony is that okay we were all on the cross-country team together right and uh uh it was another guy uh uh named jordan who was on a cross-country team and his girlfriend was the the girl who who brett was competing with so mm -hmm. we used to hang out with her all the time she was a very nice person right sure, sure. uh but anyway uh yeah brett turned out and then he went into he went to yale uh, to get his combined law degree and PhD in political science. And then he took that, uh, became uh, obviously a big time lawyer. Then he went to work for 
uh, uh, Justice Kennedy mm-hmm. for the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. the and clerk, then he worked for. Yeah, he was a clerk for the Supreme Court, oh, and then he, and then he went took that, and then he went to go work as an attorney investigating the weapons of mass destruction. Oh wow! That whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then now he's the chief attorney for Boeing. <laughs> Interesting. Damn. Yeah, it's quite a journey. Yeah. Yeah, so does the, not do that in this movie. He does no, but movie. but he doesn't. But she would have done that journey, right? Oh yeah, without a doubt. That's the journey that they're basically saying she's going to do, right? right? So what's interesting is that Brett somehow I feel like like this movie because he's vicariously living the life that like what if I gave up a little bit of that, those ambitions and enjoyed life a little bit, right? Right. right. Because right. that's the thing that that's I mean the, the, essentially the message that they're giving here is that he's basically saying, uh, you know, you're you're very ambitious, but there's some wonderful sweet things in life that you're missing out on. Like, well, and I think I, I really <laughs> honestly think that she is not going to miss out on any of her success at all. Like, I think that no, she, she isn't. That's the like, point of the end. That's that's yeah, that's sure. the that's the beauty of it. It's like because like, I I I really. I align with this movie philosophically very neatly because like, but isn't that the message though? Isn't that the yeah, thing? Is and like, the only way to get to the message is to have her father as a criminal. Absolutely. And it's yes. Absolutely. Cause he's like, he's, hi- he's hiding things and doing yeah. all the shameful it's not bullshit. Like it's a mob guy where you're like, right. hey, he's talking to guy, you know, in right. a sense, like you think he's a criminal, right. but it's that slow and his goodness that he's doing working at a home is actually right. devious. Well, uh, you right. know, it's, it's clearly been corrupted. Right. Because yeah. he didn't he didn't get for like he uh, like I think his story basically is the backstory that's implied for him is that he is a good person, but he's always been lacking the John Cusack element in his life. Right. right. And uh, so he came to a point where he's like, well, I'm going to get mine. You know, like I'm a smart person and blah, blah. And I've well, been that's caring, because caring. I think that probably divorce did that. The divorce. Did, yeah. the, the divorce. She's well. Divorce, yeah. Right. So so the real real quick for those who, are, who haven't seen it, basically what happened is we find out that uh, uh, her dad uh, uh, owns a nursing home and he helps older people. And so obviously this is about helping people and right. include kind of people. She also works at the nursing home and helps out as well. Uh, but what we find out is that he's been uh, stealing money from the elder people. Yeah, when they die, he ways. basically takes their estate. You know, right? And, he uh, steals the estates, and then basically the IRS them too much. <laughs> the IRS finds out about him. He's under investigation. Yeah, yeah, and they've been following for five years, which is about how long they've been. He's been divorced, I believe. So I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It is like the divorced window. Like right. he loses. He married. He married someone whom he didn't love the way that she loves John Cusack. And he claims that he was doing all of this to be able to help her, his daughter right. succeed in life. Right. 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 And, so, I, and I think that, I think that's true, but his motivations are much more you know, convoluted and complex because he lies to himself constantly. Like he right. doesn't know how to, like he does, he, he very clearly honestly loves his daughter in this movie. And that's what I really like about the movie is that it's not like, he's not a fucking cartoon bad guy. You know, no. he's like you. Like you, he really does love her, but he is a dishonest person about his actual feelings, and so everything gets fucking tangled up with this guy, and right. like he doesn't know how to separate being one from the other. And that's why well, the thing, disaster. the journey that she goes through in this process is that basically she falls in love with John Cusack, but then feels guilty for doing that because of all the things her dad has done for her to succeed. Right. And she feels that she needs to do that and has to give it up. So she has complete loyalty for her dad. Right. right. Would, but would then you, she realizes, Oh shit, 
he's a criminal and she realizes this and her whole world is turned upside down. It, like he is the her dad is the opposite of John Cusack. I think yeah, absolutely like 100%. And it's just like the so the sort of like the spiritual statement of the movie is like you and this is what Cusack says to his sister. It's just like you're making your own life complicated. Like being happy isn't actually difficult. You know, like it's being honest with yourself and being straightforward with people and actually being open and caring that leads you to happiness. Like, and then it makes it easier to find the path to happiness. Uh, and that's what he's, you know, like, this is what he, like, he's not even preaching it. It's just doing it. He's just existing that way. Right. And, uh, and because he's young, he hasn't gone through, like, like it gets tested for him in that she dumps him. Right. But even in that, like he goes through all this sort of like, you know, like you said, with the gas and sip scene, like this is him stepping through all those angry parts, hmm. you know, all the standard sort of like, you know, you know, idiot boy reactions to this stuff. And it, and it, like it goes, it's like he's in the car and he's now talking to himself on the tape. Right. And then or to, talking to Lily Taylor, really. But uh, mm -hmm. and it goes like and it's like, oh, those guys, the gas and sip. Then it cuts to the gas and sip, plays through the entire scene. It cuts back to him in the car and he just goes that was a mistake right right and so it's like all of those all of those emotions that would normally make up an entire teen movie right are a scene in this movie that's yep. a deep detour for him to just to, to show you this is where it would normally go exactly. but we're not going there <laughs> exactly and it's and it's really beautiful and brilliant that he has this like he has yeah. the full growing up experience that is normally offered by whatever, uh, say like uh, 16 candles or whatever the fuck it is, you know, like he has the full thing that would normally take an hour and a half in about five minutes. And then he's back in the, he's back in the car again, you know? Right. And, and, uh, and then when, when he returns to her, it's, he's even more clear headed than before about his actions. And he's able to actually yeah. talk this stuff out loud, you know, and this is something her dad was never able to do whatsoever. And right. that's why her, like, like he doesn't like Lloyd because he's dumb. Right. He like he doesn't like Lloyd because because it like it's who he would want to be and he doesn't trust that like he doesn't trust that Lloyd is real. Like so maybe is it that because the divorce made him this way? Because I, think I felt yeah. like the the real thing about the, the meeting her mother it was so quick and it was kind of a close up shot was yeah. that she just came across as very wealthy like they're at like. Yeah shallow Bergdorf Goodman kind of yeah. uh, cafe yeah. having something and she picks an item up on the way home and it was right. like it that he's like I played myself I was myself and look at this I got, I got I, fucked yeah exactly yeah. I got hurt so yeah. you know and so they didn't he, make that very clear in the movie though it's so quick the scene with the mother that they don't really understand visuals, the divorce thing yeah I know well, but all you have to do is, <laughs> like, to do is look at the environment she was in right. and her face and the outfit and her earrings. And I just was like, God, she's really wealthy. So she either left him for somebody wealthy, yeah. but he, it didn't seem like a good fit with And him. she's trying to like, she's trying to like direct her daughter how to act around the, her new husband or whatever. It's just like, every time you see him, you turn your mouth down. And then you're just like, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> like, like this is mm -hmm. how I feel, you know, come on, yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, the, 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 she said she had to choose, right? She that was a thing, right? And that she was chose her dad. Choice. Yeah, she right. chose her dad, right? So that's her dad is like, all right, I win, right? So that right. was a thing, right? Because well, obviously, think, she, the mother was winning in some ways. Well, I think I think you guys are both right because it's like there's a there's an implied backstory with the dad that they don't detail, but they like it's emotionally 
completely coherent is that like he he honestly loves her he seems like a really good person he got like uh screwed over by his ex-wife uh hurt really badly and started acting shady because he wanted to catch up for what he thought he deserved because life had lied to him and then here comes yeah. fucking lloyd dubler who looks for all the world like uh, a setup for pain for his daughter you know and that's what he's been trying to avoid the whole time he's right for, if like, you go with him you yeah. are going to be a loser you're going to be gonna hurt, hurt like i was you know it's just like this is gonna be a yeah i don't disaster. even think it's loser because that's kind of the kind of i don't know if you said a cartoonish but that you saw in dirty dancing it was sure. really like he saw something in him and that's why when he saw him out the window he was like oh yeah, not this. To this made. is gonna. Yeah, exactly. This in is the bullshit. In some way, I was that, right. and there's right. no way. When actually, it's the thing that he lost. Like this is the, like, which is why it causes him so much pain. And I really feel like, man, it's like with that scene in the kitchen when, uh, like, it's there's so many complex emotions that are represented in that in that scene when he is like, uh, when he is trying to wrangle his own emotions and not get mad at her, but he's obviously fucking tip-top furious right. right and he's trying to be honest and nice but... and it's just like his he doesn't even know which way he's going like and he goes and he finally settles down and says like live your life i love you right and you're like oh he made a little realization and then he no he fucking didn't turns out of that hug so fast and she's like wait <laughs> wait the, the beautiful yeah. thing about that is like he says that make your choices as opens... long as it's this choice yes yes exactly <laughs> go ahead eric he opens the door and he sees that somebody's listening and that look on his face is like, oh, like, yeah. like, oh, you nailed it. Exactly. And exactly that was true. the key that he was totally dishonest because she yes. kind of looked and he didn't react yeah. to like, hey, we're, blah, 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 we're just chatting. Yeah. He mm -hmm. just yeah. kind of was like, oh, no, somebody heard. You're me. right on the money, Eric. That is exactly yeah. right. That's that's the little turn in the scene. And like that, there's so, so many subtleties like this in this movie, which I mean, this movie could easily it's great be filmmaking. Fucking, yeah, it's just great. Okay. filmmaking. It's great filming like like bridge over river kwai titanic mm -hmm. all those titanic masters. obviously yes yeah uh, couldn't agree more yeah. but uh but yeah it's like it's all these all those little tiny turns that i mean a, a crow now i don't I, I don't know if crow wrote the screenplay of this i assume that he did he's he a screenwriter right uh like yeah. he has the advantage because you wrote the screenplay he knows how to what to pull back on right like he's he's directing and he's writing so he's like i'm not we don't have to say that shit out loud because we're going to get it from the performance, right? Um, but even then, I got to compliment him as a writer. Like most writers make that mistake when they direct, where they're just like, I don't think they get it. I think we're going to have to say this out loud. And then they blow it. They and, did say, uh, say anything all the time. Yes, <laughs> every turn. <laughs> well, I could say anything. No, but actually what's great is that the movie's title, you think that it has to do, well, that it would come from a scene between her and Cusack. But it right. doesn't. It comes from no. a scene from her and her dad. Well, I've always felt right. that I can say anything to you, right? And right. like the and the inversion of the pen gag for the pen get goes back to John Mahoney. It's like oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's it's so brilliant. It's it's funny as hell. It's devastating to him, and it's also it turns with a mean like I mean she's not doing this just to fuck with him. Like she's doing this like communicate with me for real. This is what this should mean. Yeah, she's not saying fuck you. Here's your right. pen. Right, exactly. She's like, "This is what you have. This it's, is what you have." It's and flawless. he and, and and he's like, <sighs> "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> and there's like, there's nothing. And in that like, just that ending scene with him in the in the orange fucking jumpsuit, 
Like, but that was almost like a totally different movie because mm -hmm. the tone of that and the hilarity and dark humor of it was different than like, it's a, it was actually a little bit more bottle rockety for me. Like, it's yeah, a little, yeah, it's a little, yeah, slightly, yeah, I agree was, that it's slightly different, but I really, a, there like, was, that was a great I, scene, but it's off. It's, it's it, it does feel like separate and epilogue. I will definitely say that much. But like I think that the like I really well, love the, the, no, 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 no. That First sounds of all, like a great We should know. We should know. The final scene is actually <laughs> the final scene is actually the airplane scene, which yes, is right. great. which is a, which is a classic button scene. It's a great button. Scene. Very like yeah. yes, like that's a very important. Li literally ends on a ding. Like that's that's a button if you've ever seen one. Um, right. But yeah, the, like the 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 bit with John Mahoney in the end when he's in jail, like. Uh, Cusack saying, you know, just like it's good enough that another version of that letter exists, you know, like I'm just like, this is the like, like uh, it you should it, be happy that there's another version of that. Yeah, letter. like, like this, like the it's just like this is the kind of stuff, it's not like it's really hard to write this way, just include these little touches so that there's a deeper experience. Like, this well, is it's like, also this is showing that it's also showing that John Cusack is such a good person that he's even nice to her dad after he tried to fuck him. The and whole he's time. a fucking dick <laughs> in that scene. Like he's calling yes. just like why she's championing mediocrity like she learned to do with you. And he's like, I'm right. still going to be nice to you. <laughs> yes, because he just can't help it. He's just a nice guy. Yeah, it's just great. It's I just, just great. wish in life I could be as nice as he is. Which he is, is a, not he's he's heroically nice in this movie. He's not he's not a hero. He's just like he just keeps towing the line of being a good person over and over again right. and it sets a great standard Here's that the rest question. of the movie is, is he super around. nice or he's just comfortable of where he fits into life yeah i think i think that's his realization and when he says like well, i just want to be with your daughter he's saying like i just want to be happy like that's what i want here's like the thing. That's, that's my he thing is too. also he is listen that's listen not he is also un and I don't mean this in a mean way. I don't mean he's not smart. He's unbelievably naive to an advantage. Yeah, he's, <laughs> right? I think the word is guileless. He's guileless. Right, so he doesn't look at anything in a bad way because right. he just doesn't realize that there's anything really bad in the world. He doesn't right. believe that John Mahoney is a bad person. Right, this is exactly, <laughs> he might, like, he might think like, he's an asshole sometimes, but he's not a bad person at heart. He's not a bad person, right. so he doesn't see, he's like, oh man, I shouldn't be, that guy's an asshole. He really treated right. me poorly. He's like, oh, did he? I don't yeah. know. I can help him out because you know he's he's incarcerated, so I feel right. bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and the thing, and that's the thing is, what's wonderful about the movie is that, uh, just like they don't make cartoons out of the bad guys, they they don't make cartoons out of John uh, John Cusack's goodness. Like he's simply actually no. good. Like he's not like Christ going like, and then we're all nice to each other. Uh, that's what Christ spoke actually. The uh, but uh, like he's that that he's just he he takes the 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 non angry option all the time even when dealing with people that are really being douchebags you know? well one thing i gotta say i got it and it still was you know i remembered it when i was watching it you know as a like you said this you know i graduated the same year as high school as you did mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all that stuff so i was going you know basically this is my age of things and so you watch it as a teenager you're watching it as something that represents your your own time when it's, right. you know comes out but uh like they're <laughs> Uh, their postcoital scene. <laughs> oh yeah. Say. Yeah. It yeah. is it is one of the most amazing emotional scenes it's ever. Perfect. Filmed. It's perfect. He is so like like he's, he's literally so vulnerable. He's so vulnerable. Like she's <laughs> she's in complete control of the scene. He is like, what the fuck just and happened to me? And it and that's the Beautiful. thing is that you believe it to you always that scene is always expected to go the other way around. Yeah. 
right. where he's the powerful one guiding like, oh, her babe, through losing her great. virginity. Yeah, exactly. Right. And right. I was like, come on, babe. And yep. he's like, I am in complete like, shock, joy, fear, vulnerability. Yep. And she is comforting him through that yeah. as it's they really enjoyed beautiful. this. It's really it's beautiful. Unbelievable. She's like she takes total responsibility. Like she's just like, this is my choice. This is what I want to do. And then she fucking this is my, my two my favorite things in the movie is in two scenes. Uh, John John Mahoney gets fucked over the same way twice, which is great because he deserves it in the, in the moment. Like she's just like, so listen, I spent all night with Lloyd and I had thought for too many weeks and she goes through this whole thing about, and and so I decided not to sleep with him, but then I fucked him anyway. And you can see like, he's just like, and you can see Mahoney like, Oh shit, I can't get mad. I want to get mad. I can't get mad. I know because Uh, we said, because they can say anything. Because they can say anything to each other. So you can see that she actually already did, like she really went through, like she, like she was like, responsible to her own emotions and it's just like i'm making this choice for real i love this guy you know this is this is where i'm, I'm at in my life and i want to do these things and right. so like she's like and so when she's in the scene with cusack like her her state of mind is, makes perfect sense like she's clear yeah she's like she's taking responsibility for her own growing up and it's awesome right right she he, has no shame she doesn't she have any no shame, shame about it which right. no one yeah. should right now you, you should not no. be embarrassed or anything about any of this nope. stuff like it's completely beautiful she's utterly responsible about it to herself and she's caring about this like she just knocked this dude sideways emotionally she's like and he's like she's literally shaking and she's like we're like you can say like this is going to work out you know like and she's in control of the scene yeah he's overwhelmed and it's incredibly beautiful and so like, well i other- think i think i think the thing that's also interesting is that when she dumps him after mm-hmm. so 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 soon after they've experienced that mm-hmm. you're just as gut punched as he oh, is it's like, what the fuck are you talking so about <laughs> the, the breakup scene is insane I, but babe, before we get into the breakup scene which is amazing the other thing i want to say is so she she does the trick like doesn't trick john the money but it just says like leads him up to think that she didn't have sex with lloyd and then drops the bomb on him and then right. and then lloyd in the end of the, in the prison scene goes just like and so i decided that maybe i shouldn't go to england and i'm not going to follow your daughter around and he's just like cool i'm glad you made that. i'm doing it anyway and it just shows that they're both making courageous real choices i was just like right that that they that he smacks john mahoney down the same way that she did is one of the great great uh bracing well, moments in the film. okay all right, all right. I, we I, since we have limited time, I don't want to get too far down into it. But I do want to say something that's really, really great about this film. Mm-hmm. That and and this is a John Mahoney thing. John Mahoney, I believe, if I'm wrong, because John Mahoney is supposed to be a boomer, right? In this area, yes. right? right. Yeah. So John Mahoney believes that if she gets involved with this loser, she's going to become a poor housewife. Yeah. So you know, dealing with this thing. Yep. And what this film shows is that no. That's not gonna he happen. can follow her. She yep. can have the great career. One hundred percent. And and you know he can be the house husband. <laughs> right. And and awesome. like and, and, she, and she will have both a, a great career and a great uh, I, and a happy I, life. I, yeah. I perceive it more as that he, it was his way of showing that he was of value to his ex-wife because she chose him. So he had this path because it really was his way of saying I might not be rich, but I made an incredible father and created a raised a right. beautiful and smart daughter doing right i'm, I'm right. going to show you so right? I'm, I'm going to show you yes and exactly. the only way to right, fund right. that self-serving is right. to cheat other people but he saw it justified because he probably was like well 
you know, my wife married a rich guy who's a lawyer. He probably cheated thousands of people. So right, right. that's fine. In yeah, because like mind, he's, he is taking the selfish position of like, where's mine? You know, because I've been hurt. So where's mine? And like, and that's something that like, essentially like the minor version of that is where Joan Cusack's at. Like, she can't see the loveliness right in front of her. Like, she can't just embrace happiness. Like, she's like, I have to be mad at my son for liking you. You know, and then John Cusack just corrects her. And then, and it doesn't like, does it, doesn't do it meanly, just goes like, get your fucking shit together. You know, like, remember that this is your kid and this is actually beautiful. And like, and John Mahoney goes through, I mean, you know, that John Mahoney becomes probably a better person after this movie. Like, I think that there's, there's hope for that dude because he learns a lesson from his daughter, you know? Hmm. And, uh, and I think that's a really like he, he, cause he, his love for her is, is absolutely real. Um, but he has lost, he is a person who has lost faith. Lost perspective. Act, right, lost too. perspective. Exactly. Right. You know? But yeah, I was, I was really happy to revisit this. I hadn't seen it in many years and I was just like, this movie has I, All I can say down. is that, you know, people are like, I don't want to go back. It's, it is totally worth rewatching. I, in yeah. fact, I almost want to see it again and again. I used to, yeah. you know, there's something about there, there was, there is something about certain romantic comedy things that I really, really enjoy. And this one is so, probably one of the best yeah this is of my favorites in fact like i mean really i mean i've always thought of it in good terms but i was i was really surprised at how uh, how rich it was to re-experience this and yeah. I, like and there is the james james l brooks produced fraser didn't he also james l brooks uh, i don't yes. know I yes believe he so. did so that's why baby new earth is in this movie and that's why like all these oh, this could be because fraser seattle seattle <laughs> Like, because so, Frasier as goofball and slapstick and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, silly as it is, is a very rich emotional experience when oh, yeah. it needs to be like everything is very accurate. That's why the comedy is so good. And James L. Brooks, uh, I think he's out of the filmmaking game now, but uh, like between this broadcast news, which he directed, wrote and directed that. Uh, like that dude, like the, he was able to get at such like uh delicate uh levels of honest emotion um and get actual comedy out of them like instead of like trying to separate it into just straight drama like you've got right. real real truths this way and 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 this one like i should i should have seen it coming when i saw his name in the credits i was like i bet this movie is better than i remember it being and it, and it totally was it's it's i i don't know I, the, the thing that i think is so wonderful to me is also to see this in pairing with high fidelity which i think mm -hmm. we're going to get into Yep. for a bit yep. yep uh but let's take a a a one minute ad if that's cool with you guys let's do it i love it all right uh so just for people who are watching on twitch i know there's a couple of you here um uh, there is uh we what we do is if you are a subscriber to the channel you won't have ads uh which is great and you also help support martini giant which is really cool if you are a uh if you have amazon prime you can subscribe for one month for free uh, which still uh, supports us yeah, in one way, which uh, great. It's just that, uh, anyway, that's what we have. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, do a one-minute ad. If you are not a subscriber, you will uh, you will have an ad. If you are a subscriber, you will keep hear us ranting for about a minute about other stuff before we get into our next movie, High Fidelity, which will start soon. 
by the way, I want to note, Dan, that your audio has not gone out in several minutes. I know what happened. I'm so excited. On wood. <laughs> maybe it was and, uh, in the cache. I think they may have been. Maybe that was it. They had one more. Maybe. One more cutout. And it's. Uh, you it's may want to actually check to see if your 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 Chrome is actually fully up to date. So if you go That's to, true. if you go down to the three dots and you yep. do go to help, and go oh. about Google Chrome. Right. Okay. And then does it say Chrome is up to date on the yes. bottom there? It seems to. Yes. There we go. But okay. thank you for. Yeah. I I don't use Chrome. I've I've been using Firefox forever. Right. Um, so I, I just I, want to make sure because yeah. that could have been something else that's happening. Yeah. And Eric, how are you doing, buddy? It's I'm still sunny, in sunny in Florida still, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, good. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Good. I'm I'm okay. I got a lot of stuff I've been working on. I'm a little overwhelmed. Oh, you know what I had to do yesterday? Uh, uh, I had to buy a suit. <laughs> that is buy a suit. Yes, mm. I have not. I have not uh, owned a suit, or I've not bought a suit in <laughs> twenty plus years. Yeah, I'm not. A suit. I see a suit jacket behind me, but that's uh, that's for decoration. Right, but I have not uh, owned a suit in a long time because I have to go to the Emmys next week. You're going to the Emmys. Nice. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> and, I, and I was That's like, as I have a suit, I was like, well, I don't know if this suit will fit. That's number one problem. That's exciting. The Emmys are much more valid than the Oscars these days. I can tell you, it used to be reversed, but now you just go like, okay, the Emmys are actually legit and the Oscars. Well, are I will tell you what. Right. So these are tech, these are the engineering Wait, Emmys. The right? Oscars to you, pardon me, the Oscars are what, Dan? A train wreck. They're, 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 they're a complete disaster performance wise as a show. And like, they, yeah, they don't know what they're doing now. I mean, like, there have been a few good movies that have won. I'm not saying about the selections i'm just saying like yeah like the way the 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 weight with people uh judge the oscars is has become quite a quite a disaster for the oscars like that it doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore mm. right it's really, really well gone downhill. emmys what, so shot up what we're doing is actually the tech the the engineering emmys and this mm -hmm. is chaos as winning for v-ray because of v-ray's contribution to the broadcast system Right, it's pretty great, man. Which is great, and I'm very excited. And Vlado's coming in from uh, Bulgaria, mm -hmm. and uh, that's all good. It, it was kind of challenging because he had to his uh, visa had expired, and he didn't bother renewing it because of the pandemic. No, and yeah. then suddenly I told him, "It's like, oh shit, I got to get it renewed." And so I told him, "Just tell him you're winning an Emmy for God's sakes, and they'll give you a visa." <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> on, man. You're contributing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Contributing, contributing economy. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so Did anyway, he? so he's coming. Yeah, he got he's the visa. Yep. Yeah, but saying, did he tell him that he was winning an Emmy? That... Oh, yeah, yeah. He has to tell him that. He has to give him a letter why he's coming. Uh, but anyway, um, so, but based on what you've just said, Dan, mm -hmm. uh, the person that they're giving a, like an, a, like a, one of the what a lifetime achievements or what the big award, whatever those big awards are to mm -hmm. some person, right? And who's going to be there for the engineering Emmys is mm -hmm. Reed Hastings. Oh. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Because as you said, that's bigger than film now. <laughs> yes. That that's just that's Net, just Net, the case. Netflix man. is bigger than films. Yes. Right now. Net, Netflix is like like I think that Netflix is also trying to win like dominate the Oscars, but I think it's less right. important to them now than it was previously. Yes. It's like the Oscars have been down, you know, three years in a row. No one least. actually cares nobody nobody cares nobody takes it seriously that no and i'm not trying to devalue anyone's oscar or any of the selections they've made or anything like <laughs> all that stuff like we know we know a fair number of oscar winners and i don't want i'm not saying 
that, that that it's useless. I'm just saying that, like, right now, the, the look way at that you people... bragging that you know all these Oscar winners. We know a fair <laughs> amount of Oscar winners. I don't mind saying I've never been to the Oscars. I've had but 16 the, uh, Oscar winners on CG Garage. But... I have. Uh, <laughs> I'd say, um, but uh, so without disrespecting that good work, I would say that the Oscars, in the public view, have slipped terribly, and uh, and the Emmys and things like that are are much more legitimately taken especially i'm gonna throw on technical awards are automatically legitimate because the only people involved in voting for that shit know what they're talking about oh and i will say this specifically because chaos did actually win a a uh a SciTech award as well which is part of the the academy the not the oscar specifically but mm -hmm. the, the academy and that is seriously high stakes to get that yeah, like one? you actually, it's almost, yeah, we'll have to go through a peer review. It's like, it's like presenting a PhD. That's paper. very real. That's very, very real. Like yeah. you really got to talk about like. The, and I'm the not math. diminishing the Emmys for that because the Emmys does that as well. But Emmys is much more like a bunch of people coming together. It's like, what has changed our lives? And right. here's, here's the things. And they present those things. But for the, for the, for the SciTech, it's like you have to defend your paper kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? like, like, this, is, this is your this is your thesis and you have to, you have to get up. Imagine Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio or whoever like has to go up and say like, <laughs> that would be amazing. performance in this film and why <laughs> I should right. win the Oscar mm, for the second. We'll yeah, mm, let's consider that, yeah. <laughs> Please disregard all of my years on the cop show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love Vincent D'Onofrio also. It's amazing. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be just defending people left and right with my, left and right with my Oscar comments but uh, like yeah i think that that's the stuff like when you get like actual high-tech people and when they can really only talk about technology it certainly has a lot like you know no one's in the tech industry and then the tech aspect of uh filmmaking is kind of like you know uh what what are the like who are they wearing is not a question you ask anybody in the red carpet for the for the tech you just go right. like is there you know, even a red carpet <laughs> is there a red carpet exactly look there's a red carpet that's what we say but uh it's yep. it always always gets me always gets me i saw a very interesting youtube by speaking of color that uh um why is the word blue missing from ancient greek oh yeah yeah this is interesting go ahead this is this it's is just fascinating. It's basically, and they talk about it in all languages. Blue is actually always the last color to get to appear. Name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then, yeah. There's a lot of theories about that. What, what was what? The, what red is the first. That? Red is mm -hmm. the first, and then yellow, and then green, and then stuff like that. And they also they all seem to have an order. From, like it because it's some sort of like um, a, a cobalt that comes from a metal that can come to later. Well, there's no, no, like, but you see blue sky, blue water, right. blue. Every, sure, you see blue everywhere. Differentiated from they didn't honestly didn't differentiate it from green until very recently. Like right. they basically just say green or sometimes bur like a burgundy color, like the wine. Or sometimes they would call it black or white. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting, and like because there's a psychology around colors. I mean, uh, like there's the for instance, it gets talked about in the movie Ex Machina, uh, Ex Machina rather, that uh, there's the uh, you know the whatever it is like the woman in the black and white room and when she steps out like what does color mean to her and uh and do we see then this is referred to in science as the i think the strawberry problem like do how can i be sure that the color of this strawberry is perceived the same way between you and i when maybe we, we may be experiencing totally different things but have just agreed upon a word and yeah. so it's 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 absolutely possible that our perception yeah. of blue uh, like it's always it's, been it's there. a language problem more than it is. But it's a more, it's more of a language problem than it is a visual problem. It's, yeah. it's totally possible. But it's still what is blue to you 
in a sense, or, or to me. I mean, right. I've, always, right. I've thought about that. But they were, like, but they were, geez, but they were also showing the color that I see. Right. Yes. But they were also showing like a color wheel, right? Like they mm -hmm. said, and they showed it. This is to a, a tribe in in Africa, right? And color there, most of the, what they're talking about, specific about color, is related to uh, different foods, like what's edible and not edible, right? right? And that kind of thing, right? So, so there's a color wheel that they had, and they showed a whole bunch of different greens, and one clearly blue, and they mm -hmm. could had a hard time picking the blue, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it's still, right. That's, that's the way the right. And then they showed them a whole bunch of greens that are slightly different from each other, and they had a comp much easier time picking out the different one. Yeah, and it's did. not to it's not to say that like they don't perceive that bandwidth of radiation like they absolutely do. It's just that until your brain constructs a, an element in itself uh, in of, its, representation. In mind, of representation, of right. like you're not going to fully perceive something as separate. You know, right. like like just like you don't really think about the gradations of red. You know, and like you just go like yeah, there's in the in red is like there's literally an infinite number of reds and some of them are very different from others um but if we were to suddenly say that this kind of red was actually a totally separate color dan i'd be like i i guess so <laughs> you know it would right. still be in the categorization of being red in my mind and so yeah. that's what that's what happens but it's, yeah it's fascinating that blue is always the last of the list red makes sense because we're filled with red and it's very alarming for us to right see. and the specific tribe in africa had multiple names for different greens so they already mm -hmm. had their... this makes sense yeah all right because all right let's get to high fidelity real quick so i want to make sure we, we have plenty of time for this one because it's a big one and i love it so the thing that i think is interesting about high fidelity is obviously this is what happens when gen x gets older right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and or quote unquote grown up right in yeah. some ways and, and the thing that's <laughs> new challenges <laughs> right the things that 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 gen x is gen x generation specifically you know now if you look at how gen x reacts on social media to a lot of mm. things etc cetera, etc cetera, <laughs> we're very cynical yeah we sort of, yeah i suppose that's the way to look at it sure and we we also don't really necessarily feel the need to engage but just sort of laugh at the situation going by like right. oh, that's funny right. Right. Yeah, we don't really feel any necessity to be part of it. We're the we're the first ones to go like to not comment. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, okay, that's fair. So, like, I, I think this is when you because I, I actually boomer said, oh, boomers and boomers and and millennials are constantly fighting, and a Gen X yes. is like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> and now I'm not going to be like I can say plenty of negative things about Gen X also, but. I, I'll probably be saying a lot of positive things about Gen X. I will uh, too. Uh, so like the, like one of the things that differentiates Gen X from other generations is that I can say negative things about Gen X and other generations have very difficult times saying negative things about themselves. And I think that that is also hooked into things that I would say bad about Gen X, uh, which we are like, we do tend to be very cynical and uninvolved and stuff like this. I think that these, cool. that's the, that's the way it, that's, that's the, the mode of our fault. Um, right. But I think that the if I were to be if, I, if like without being complimentary to ourselves, I would say the reason why you see what you see is because um, uh, previous generations and newer generations um, definitely like, for instance, newer generations quite rightly feel angry and uh, about the state of the world. Right. And the fault version of that, the negative side of that is angry self-righteousness. Right. Uh, and boomers feel quite rightly 
like we have built most of the things that you now use and manipulate to have the world that you have. But the negative side of that is a grievedness and why are you fucking shitting on us? Uh, so mm. everyone has their, like, and Gen X has this also. Like we are, like I said, we are, we tend to be a little bit more the middle kids of history, recent history. And so when we are assholes, the asshole side of ourselves is to just like, fuck it, man, everything's stupid. And we just disengage, which is why I say we didn't make a lot of progress on things like global warming. Because we just got it's too fucking big and I'm sad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um right. and so, that's uh, why nothing happened between 2000 and 2021. Like uh, nothing happened. Yeah. Right? And so like uh, so I think that El that every every generation uh like as I actually I'm uncomfortable talking about generational stuff. I think most of it is fictional. Um and generational warfare sure, is largely fictional. Sure. Um, sure. but, uh, but, every, but, but there's culture that happens around us yes, that gen influenced yes. our, uh, influenced our generation. And I think yes. that a film like high fidelity definitely illustrates some of those things, because honestly speaking, while it was absolutely gorgeous that they sat there at the, in the plane and she's nervous about the life in front of her, that what mm -hmm. she's going to have. And he holds her hand and says, you know, uh, and say anything, he holds her hand and says, it, when the when you, when that light goes off and you hear the ding, everything's going to be okay. Everything's right. going to be okay. And the, then it rolls to credits and you hear the ding, mm -hmm. and that's like everything's going to be okay. But it's not. The point is, right. you know, there's always a doubt in front of it, right? Yeah. And right. that doubt is what happens to John Cusack after that relationship didn't right. work and he owns a record store in Chicago, right? Right. And that and also welcome to high fidelity, <laughs> right? And so, so, so that is that him owning that record store in Chicago is also him just being the most cynical person around, and also right. a fucking snob, right? Oh yeah, heavy duty. Yeah, All, every, yeah like, every, like everybody that. in the movie is a snob. Like it even accuses right. them of being snobs, and then somebody else accuses all of them of being snobs. Yeah, it's really yeah. you didn't like that character as much as I did when I first saw it. Yeah, like, well, this is, I'm going to bury the lead here. The, uh, uh, He's an what asshole. I, what I loved about this movie, what I, what I, because I, I, when I originally saw the movie, I thought it was pretty good, but I couldn't really group with it, right? Um, like, I thought it was funny, but it never really clicked with me. Now I look at it and I'm like, you know what I love about this movie is John Cusack is a fucking jerk in this movie. Yeah. And it's a, it's a movie about a person realizing that he is a jerk. Yes, uh, and I'm just like this is the kind of thing you, you guys have heard me go off on this a million times. Such that is my favorite fucking thing in the world when you when you see a character uh, like actually like make very bad mistakes, like unlikable mistakes, uh, mm -hmm. and slowly come to realize that he is being or she is being a hurtful person um is a, yes is a, is a no. very positive is a very positive journey just yes and no. generally and, and like this one is relentless at making him an ugly character like it's yes. really wild because like, even Jesus. when he's being told outright about him being he a jerk resists. He, he says oh because let's just here's the big thing about this movie he breaks the fourth wall constantly mm -hmm. in this movie which is also a really great trope that they do mm -hmm. but He's constantly talking about his self-realization about things that have happened to him in his past. Basically, he's 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 rehashing the past yep. to try to figure out how he became the person that he is. He's rehashing the past at other people's expense, so right. he can so he can figure out how like you know how do I get something out of this? 
You right. And, and like, then when he realized, so fucking selfish, oh, it's insane. <laughs> even when he goes and he finds the kindest people out there who've done beautiful things for him mm -hmm. and he realizes, oh, this, this is what went wrong. I right. was a horrible person. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even acknowledge that he was the horrible person. Exactly. He says, oh, the problem was this. It's like, how the fuck did you get that out of this? Yeah, he totally throws away the list and goes, good, check that off the list. Or he surrounds himself <laughs> with people like Kevin Seven Jones, who's such a pain in the ass right. that you're right. just like. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, she's she's so wonderfully horrible. Yeah, she's a fucking horrible person in this movie. It's amazing. And it's also know, she's, she's also, a horrible she's, person and she's totally straightforward about it. <laughs> she's just yes. like, I'm a fucking not, <laughs> not only that, but she's also so unbelievably sexy to like yeah, yeah it's I'd still it's do that. It's, it's ridiculous. Like the movie, I'd stay, like, I'd stay in that relationship. The for movie that. brutally puts you up against all of your beliefs over and over again. And like where yeah. John Cusack does the uh, okay, I mean we can get into the details of how it works, but like the scene where like it's revealed that he is he when he's like my sister probably said something like this to her, and he explains the things that he did that were bad, and you're like. Mm -hmm you are a really fucking atrocious person, like really yeah. bad. And he's like, okay, I know, I know I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. And then he goes back to trying to explain it away. Like he doesn't even, he doesn't, he doesn't learn anything from it. He's just like, but let me put that in context. So you don't <laughs> just like, Holy shit. Dude. Like he lives in fantasy. From... He yes. lives in a fantasy of yes. headphones. Yes. That's why Bruce was talking to him. Yeah. And I was just like, this movie is, is incredibly, because I, I was originally like, oh yeah, Stephen Frears directed this. And Stephen Frears usually makes much more sort of grifters, crazy, grifters exactly. Much more. And with, what's his name in it too? So yeah, uh, right. Um, John Cusack's in both. And like Frears no, no, makes. Also uh, Piven. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And so like Stephen Frears normally makes much more sort of like hard edged movies. And so when I started watching, I was like, oh yeah, Stephen Frears, oh, that's a weird movie for him to make because it's so soft. And by the middle of it, I was like, this is not soft. This is not a soft movie. This is a mean-spirited, hard movie yeah. that is a come-to-Jesus moment for Gen Xers. And I was just like, "That's this is a much different experience that I should have probably listened to when I first saw it. Right. Because we, yeah. It's, it's, it's much, I, but I think it was hard for you to listen to it when it came out because because I was you it. weren't ready to listen to that <laughs> lesson yet. I, I was that person. You were that person. <laughs> we were all that person yes. in some ways, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, but... in, in a sense, I'm sorry to say this, guys, but listen, we're three Gen Xers that mm -hmm. have a podcast about movies. Mm -hmm. There's no, I am, I am, you will never hear me complain about nothing, man. I, I am, I am a blessed person. I'm, I know, I'm very, but very, very I know you're a blessed people. person. Yes. But I'm saying that. We're kind of those three guys. Oh yeah, this is it. Right? <laughs> We're in a record store exactly. in a lot of ways. Exactly, absolutely true, absolutely true. And like, I think that this is the, like the 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 self like really? the thing that I like, <laughs> yeah. Why not? I'm well, I'm Jack Black anyway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that is one of the best Jack Black performances. <laughs> oh, it's a key of all time. I, that's really why I love the movie when I saw yeah. it because it it just introduced me to Jack Black, and yeah. I just was like. Yeah, it's truly. Because I don't remember him from Mars Attacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mar that's right. Yeah, he was he was very small role in Mars Attacks. But this is this is so good. Yeah. And the thing also that I like about it is that you know Jack Black just became Jack Black, and kind of like kids Jack Black ever since Schoolhouse Rock or whatever. Not Schoolhouse Rock. House whatever. of Rock. School of House Rock. Of Rock. Yeah, right. School of Rock. And so that was just what the role he became and where he was Makes cast sense. all the time. Sure. This one, he's just like, who's just a 
funny asshole. Yeah, it's great. A funny asshole. Great. Yeah, he's yeah he's like I I I loved I love the camaraderie between uh, those guys, even though like they're all like insufferable fucking jerks, John Cusack included. I was just like this, the, all of this, yeah, it was, it was like all of this is so fucking on the on point. It's insane. Well, the the thing that 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 Jack Black does is he puts his assholeness right there like he he's he's acknowledging it right he's right. like no i am an asshole right and i love being an asshole yeah john cusack right. thinks he's a good person he's yeah, solving problems exactly this is he's where this not. movie no rings he doesn't know me. what he is he doesn't know if he's a good person he right. just looks back right. and says i really like this how could she break up with me and then right. it's like oh because he's so into himself yeah he's um, self yeah like he's yeah. he can't help but look at it look at it from his own only from his point of view, and, right? Uh, and and I, when he's rearranging his records by you know autobiographically because that's so so narcissistic, and, yeah, exactly, and, and, and self centered. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. I mean, this is when I said earlier. Like I I th I think that most generational arguments and all this stuff. I think mostly that stuff is bullshit because like everyone moves through these phases of their life. They have slightly different character given a given when you were born. You know, like, obviously, it's different for someone who lived through World War II uh, than someone who, like, just lived through, you know, a shitty uh, Stevie Wonder album, you know. But, like, you're when you're 18 years old, you're going to be 18 through 23. Like, you're not going to be in a really um, outwardly aware state of mind. Like, you're going to be uh, selfishly minded. Like, that's how people are physically built. Their brains work like that when they're that age. And when you are older, you're going to be a little bit sort of crotchety and conservative. And like, all this, like these are phases, these are normal phases for a human being, right? right. And uh, every stage has its own flavor and its own like, it, it, like its own value. And, uh, and part of it is correct, right? Uh, from that particular point of view. And also the ways in which they're wrong, you know? So like, there's, those are the things that play into these things. It's much less to do with like, you know, oh, this generation is like this and more just like, well, there's a difference. Like you're seeing it from two different perspectives, just in terms of age. Like when you like when right. you were 50 years old, you're going to look at this movie differently than when you saw it when you were you know, 25 or 30. Like you're going to receive it differently because you're in a different right. point in your life and have experienced different things. And that's just true for everything. And the way that we approach each other on, say, like the Internet is as if we're all exactly the same age and we all need everyone to operate uh, from the other one's point of view, yeah, okay. not going to happen. I will, I will. I will say this though: we don't know what age we are when we are on the internet. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think, a difference right. because if you see a guy who's sixty-five on right. the street and you have a conversation with him, you're going to address them differently. Right. But if you have no idea how old the person is that you're talking to, you're just going to be treat angry. them like they're five. Yeah, you're, just, you're basically going to treat them like they're. You five have no five. idea. So yeah. someone could be sixty-five, and you would talk to them differently if you knew they were sixty-five. Right. 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 And th and this and the thing and and we can say that we completely like you know there are things that I am now a dumbass about that I wasn't when I was twenty. You know, like I like I'm you know like there's just shit that I, you know, that I I don't think through because of the stage of life that I'm in or like memories that I can't recall or whatever the fuck it is, or I'm really you know, stodgy about beliefs now than I used to be much more open-minded that happens to everybody. Um, so like you may be talking to somebody who's 50 years old, who uh, like, if you knew that they were what 50 or 60, you'd be like, well, you know, old people get a little bit stuck in their ways and you might allow them a little bit of flexibility emotionally on that versus someone who is 20 
when you'd be like you'd expect them to be pretty freewheeling you know but now we don't do that like everybody is the same like everybody is the same non-entity you know like there's there is myself who is correct and then there's the other person who disagrees and so i'm not going to take into consideration any of their context whatsoever i'm just gonna be mad you know and i think that that is really this that's why you have this emphasized genera generational conflict going on you know which is largely baloney you know like it, we, it's an interesting we, thing watching these films uh, good points i i watch these both of these films and i realized i was like i i think we just pretty much are already cast in that mold by the time you're in high school mm -hmm. and basically life you just are exactly that and people try to become something more but at the core it's that existence that you are then it doesn't really change and i think because i saw say anything and it was cusack and i saw high fidelity it's like there was still this nucleus not because he looked like him it was just the nucleus of this guy who is lost mm -hmm. right. do you know what i mean and it's like what if you're just that i mean you can't really really change well i don't yeah i'm not so sure if i, I get what you're saying like i'm not so sure if people's you know sort of innate uh you know like yeah you know like i i guess there's there's something to that like you know like I think people would people who hadn't seen me for a long time wouldn't recognize me in many ways, but they would still think that I was generally the same guy, you know, um, at the same, you know, at the same, uh, uh, how can I say it? Like for, in the same way, I would say there are both good and bad versions of me at any given moment, right? Like there, uh, depending upon what stresses I'm under or whether I've been through something traumatic or not will make me make the good the good choice or the bad choice the selfish choice or the open choice and those things do line up with where how old you are and what you've been through or whether you're no longer flexible about you know your emotions and they div give different spins on where you're at in your life and i think that that can add up to making say for instance a lot of negative choices like when you're older and you're embittered towards your youth then you make john mahoney mistakes you know, and like that you wouldn't have made when you were young. Um, and so people do change in that way. Um, but I do also agree that like, there's a certain character that people bring with them throughout their lives and everything's going to be flavored through that. Um, yeah, you're extent. either reacting to that, like he mm -hmm. was, and trying to change it. It's almost like a bad analogy, maybe, but like you, you have a certain addiction and then the rest of your life, you just kind of changed your life, mm -hmm. but you changed your life so you don't succumb to the addiction. Do you know what I mean? You're right. still, you're still, it's still there. It's still there. You're still responding yeah. to that. So right. I look at the way we think about ourselves or how we look at the world and right. oblivious, like Lily Taylor is going to be the same girl, you know, like right. in love with a guy. And then he says something stupid and she leaves. And right. it's just like, that, that that yeah exactly that will like some aspect of that will be visible whether she makes like she may make good choices over it later on because she understands that's part of who she is and she makes better choices like she learns something and she makes better choices but it's always part of her that she's dealing with and with that that's certainly I, I i hear where you're coming from that's certainly true for me because i would definitely say like i hope i'm a much better person now than i was years ago and uh, because when i look back at you know, uh, things I've done and how I've treated people previously. Like, I'm not proud of that.
they're, I've been, I've been a much worse version of myself and I hope I never return to that. And I hope that I've l- I learned, l- you know, I hope I've learned, learned to re- react better to the, 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 the fears that sort of push me around and stuff like that. I'm um, going to try to go through, I'm going to try to go through the, the premise of this really quick without mm-hmm. us like we did last one where we couldn't do it because we kept interrupting the story. Just before we close out, we were like, oh, and here's what the movie is about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. So it, he owns a record store. He's a, he's But anyway, Dan, in a... what I was trying to get at <laughs> is, hold on, Chris, let's, let's put God, some breaks Damn on. it. Keep going. Anyway, about 2001. He owns a record store. It starts off with him breaking up with his girlfriend. That's the premise. And then he addresses the camera and he's obsessed with making lists. And he says, she's not even the top five first person to break up with me. And he starts talking about all the people that broke up with him in his past. Five Mm -hmm. people that broke up in his past. As he does this, really what he wants to do is he wants to regain his relationship with the girl who just broke up with him. Mm. That's the thing. We see all these characters happen throughout the whole process, but he's really just reliving those characters and reliving that past. One by one, he goes through every one of those relationships and figures out how he fucked up along the way, all the way from literally middle school Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the way to the most recent relationship. So the relationship in Say Anything is actually represented somehow in this film as well, right? Mm-hmm. That is, but he fucked that one up too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Right, right. right? So so because he wasn't a nice person. And so that's the whole point is him going through that thing is like, oh, I fucked that up. And then how did I fuck up the next one? How did I fuck up the next one? And he never really gets it because he never really acknowledges his own thing, right? right. Um, and uh, he's constantly obsessed about rehashing the past uh and trying to justify the decisions he's made in his life or maybe not doesn't doesn't really matter right but he ends up you know you know spoiler he ends up getting back with his girlfriend and and they end up uh to get going through it uh and and getting through it but it doesn't go as well as you think it's going to go and Mm -hmm. it certainly doesn't go to the point where like ah now everything's okay you definitely know that there's constant risk of him fucking up constant which is realistic which is absolutely realistic and i think that's the thing that i find so i hate to say it but the 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 flaws of that character are so important because that's you know like we were saying just before that's why i wanted to get through this is like the flaws of that character that he are constantly being revealed and constantly realizing, oh shit, you just told the story and you missed the point of the story the that you just told. Story. Exactly, exactly. And he's he does it constantly throughout this. Right. That's the same problem that we all have. Yeah. Right. Much so, better. and it, and it's not until. You know, not until you 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 take put some perspective in uh, between then and now that you realize, oh shit, man, that was a real asshole. Right. No, it's absolutely. And I've been a real asshole many times, and I am constantly, uh, emotionally speaking, I am constantly reliving those moments where I said something that I regret. (laughs) I hear you, man. Constantly. Well, this is the thing. Is like I think that the like because I mean I like not only not only have I been you know, at various points in my life, a total fucking jerk uh, for long stretches of time. Um, I Mostly thought, because you don't let Eric say what he needs to say. Just shut up, Eric. I'm, I'm trying to finish. The, uh, the <laughs> it's like, uh, not only is that true, I also, uh, at the time, you know, there's long stretches of when I was a jerk, when I thought I was being a really good dude. Yeah. Know? And uh, when actually I was being a fucking narcissistic tool 
or uh, I wasn't I wasn't very thoughtful or I was, you know, like all sorts of or or, or like or I was being, you know, a, like a, a essentially a fake hero to myself. You know, it's just all sorts of dumb stuff that you do. What's I, a fake I, hero? Well, it's just like when people, you know, set up a situation in their lives where they feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm sacrificing for this. And that's why when actually what you're doing is, you know, creating a situation where you can make excuses you know, uh, and not confront stuff and, uh, right. and trying to pretend like you're some kind of good dude when actually you're building up a lot of pain and unaddressed issues. And so like, there's, you know, like there's the stuff like that where, you know, it's like, I believe that when I like, Oh, I'm being a good person when I'm actually just trying to cover my cowardice with a nice story, you know? And like this, and I think that you're both right where it's just like, these are like this, like unlike movies, these, these conditions aren't, solved once you solve them like they can return you know like if you're not aware and if you don't listen or pay attention um then you really can slip back into mistakes and not even realize that you're doing that and the cusack in this movie like he comes to moments when it then any other movie it would be a moment of realization that would change how he acts after that point yep. he doesn't like he's just I'm like, going to give you the one, the one example that I think is the most brilliant one is, is the, his second girlfriend, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just to give you a story, Charlie? he talks about... No, no that's not Charlie. That's, Char Char that's, 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 uh, that's uh, Charlie is... Uh, that was the uh, uh, best scene. Well, yeah, no, but the second girlfriend was the one that when was in high school, she was a really sweet girl, right? Yeah, right. She's basically the girl from Say Anything in a right. lot of ways, right? right? So he he ends up dating her and she's very sweet and very smart. And because he's horny and in high school, pretty much, he's mm -hmm. constantly trying to uh, fondle her and have sex with her, right. right? And she keeps rejecting him, rejecting him, rejecting him, right? But she wants to be with him. She really likes him, but she doesn't want to have sex with him, right? right? That's the blonde. It's, what, right. Blonde girl. Right? Yeah, I At love that. At which point, yeah. uh, it's so good, right? And yeah, so I you, thought you she see was, that... pardon me, I thought she was Charlie. She's the one that in the restaurant told him. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's yeah. the best scene in the movie. I yeah. thought her name was Thank Charlie. you, Eric. Yes. No, no. Charlie, Charlie is uh, Catherine Jada Jones. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, but, but anyway, he, she, she basically finds his old girlfriends and goes through and asks them why he, why they broke up. Right. At which point she was so sweet to meet up with him and she's a, a film critic now and she's doing things and he's like, oh, she's really nice, except she's got this annoying habit of having a pen that lights up when they were watching a movie. Right. right. But because of the character he is anyway so then he finally asks her is like hey oh what happened when he was in high school is he dumps her at her doorstep as she about to let him in and says why should i bother and never never goes anywhere and walks yeah. away and then he finds out four days later or whatever did his other friend end up having sex with her and he goes fuck man that's bullshit that's what pissed him off so much yeah like, like she, she she's have... a bitch because she owed him something and didn't give it to him yeah like that's right basically and so, then, so then he finally after you know whatever you know 15 years or whatever rehashes this story and is like why did you have sex with him and not with me and she goes what the fuck are you talking about i yeah. loved you i wanted to be with you and i just thought that i was 16 years old and i didn't want to have sex yet <laughs> Right? right, and I was trying to do that, and you then you dumped a me. Situation like that? No, no one wanted to have sex with me when I was sixteen, for sure. <laughs> no, but 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 uh, but basically, she she says the guy. You know, I was so devastated from you breaking up with me that this guy pretty much 
talk me into it. It wasn't quite rape, but it pretty much was like rape. And it was the most worst experience I ever had in my life. And then what is his lesson from the thing? Oh, that's right. I dumped her. Fuck it. Nice. That's his lesson. (laughs) He was like, what? (laughs) That's what you took from that story? It's insane. That's the best part of realizing, oh, no, you are still a complete fucking idiot. You didn't learn a thing. In the about yourself it's like this is not something that you're like i mean the movie clearly knows that cusack is wrong and cusack yes. doesn't realize it like that's the genius that's, of the movie it's like the, cusack keeps that, breaking that, the fourth wall and talking to you like right and you're like whoa no not right <laughs> like not right. right at all and i think what's good about those things that it makes those things it makes you realize those things about yourself it's like oh shit maybe all the things that i've done in my life i didn't see the way they did like you start to realize it we all live behind this veil of reality that defends our decisions i I had an exact moment like that what's that tell us tell us tell us the story i mean i it really brought back memories for me i mean it's strange that that i saw that and i don't i just don't i still try to and you say chris like oh there are moments in your life you cringe you know there are moments in my life that i think about that and i still try to figure out what I did wrong. And I felt sure. a little like, I feel a little like John Cusack. It's, you know, I, I have a family, a wife. I'm always attentive to my family. I love my, it's just, it's so, it's not like I'm a Cusack character or I used to be uh, of just a selfish douchebag. But yeah, I was in a situation like that years ago. I was so young. And I just remember, I, cause, uh, well, anyway, the, the story is, is that uh, it was like I was 15 and uh, I was sent away uh, uh, th- for the summer to live in Spain. Mm-hmm. And I was there all summer studying and other things. And the last night, it's like one in the morning and I, we're all flying back tomorrow, the next day. And this do- and girl knocks on my door and she was, she was one of the most beautiful girls in the program. And I was like, and she was redhead. She was really stunning. And I was like, What's up? And she was crying. She's like, you know, I wanted to be with you all summer. I wanted you to date you all summer and you never paid attention to me. And I just sat on the edge of the bed like, what? What did I do <laughs> what, wrong? What, what do you say? <laughs> and we right. just talked all the way through the night. I was right. so tired. I got on a plane. Man. Never saw her again. But I was like, I was like, how could I have missed that? True. Yeah. Like, because I really liked her. And I was like, almost in tears. I was like, what? Well, that's a combination of things, right? I mean, like, like who knows what she was, you know, projecting to you. But obviously, like, you know, if you're, this is a classic thing where you be just, clueless. Like, you, to like, you can be completely, you know, uh, you can be, you can not trust yourself to the point where you're like, you don't realize the signals that are being sent to you are valid, so you're not seeing them. It's just like you don't see the color blue. You it's just like you're not, your brain's not like ready to accept those signals, so it doesn't see them uh and uh or she you know she like she might be thinking i'm being very overt about this but she's not yeah it was always like oh my god what did i how did i screw up my life like do you guys do you do you guys feel like you have lots of regrets like these i know i have some sharp regrets in my life obviously i will tell you this that's how you deal with them right now I, I do have regrets. I've made some fucked up mistakes, but if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I certainly don't sure. regret them. The yeah, mistakes that, allowed me to succeed as well. So well, yeah, I think that like I I I I think that everyone has stuff that they 
you know, like obviously you don't want the pain of something you you're if like I was a fucking asshole and I hurt this person, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, but like uh, regret, well, the one I think of regret and think of it is, does it still dominate your life? You know, right. and I think that that's well, does the, it, Eric? Does it, Eric? I mean, that that when you re when you rewatch that scene from from High Fidelity, did did that all come bubbling to the surface in some ways? Yeah, it, it did like, actually. It mm. it, it one hundred percent did because I just you try to bury things, but I I still don't know how and it wasn't because she was beautiful and oh you screwed up it was more like it could have been such a meaningful relationship and i i literally was like i wasn't trying to blow right what and i was so blown away by that like what am i projecting yeah that could lead to something like this and i've never found the answer do you feel that that do you feel that feeling in any other aspect of your life or is it just this one isolated moment oh i've i've made mistakes in my life man and i project uh, yeah you know, what like, well just like you know what was that chris I, oh yeah because there's well, well, there's well I, have a, I have a similar story where maybe a slightly different story i don't know but mm -hmm. go ahead go ahead I mean, we can talk about the relationships, right, that we've had and where, where we've succeeded and fucked up. But well, I mean, I like think that there's a there's an emotional component that that like regardless of like uh, like boyfriend girlfriend relationships, like you can feel this way about like somehow life passed me by, you know, that kind of stuff. And it might have the same the same thing that's going on. You know, I feel like that that's that's something that happens in high fidelity is like uh, John Cusack, like his his problems aren't actually with other people. His problems are within himself and the problem is is that like the the fact that he's not paying attention to other people is that that's the symptom that he should recognize you know uh, that uh that he has not fixed something in himself at all you know and so like when i there are like there are things that this is to go back to what you said earlier Eric. it's just like there are key events slash flaws in my very early life that i'm still wrangling with today they come up in different ways and I have to go, Oh, it's that motherfucker again. You know, it's that way I lie to myself, you know, or it's that way that I sort of deceive myself from realizing something that, that does. I don't want to go on too long, but that, that's what I was saying. So like this, this, uh, that event with that, with that woman, like, is that something that was unique or is that a, a thing that you find yourself having to capture and, and put down uh, multiple times? I, it could very well that, there are things in my life that you're just, you know, you John Cusack, where you're like, I don't get it. And right. in certain just things stunned. in life, yeah, I, I've, I've never had the answers to. And well, it's affected I'll... me, my career and my life. But at the same time, I sincerely say this, that as much as I try to hunt down, it's not a lazy thing. I just, I've had, I... Honestly, I mean, I've traveled so much as a kid, you know, doing these crazy things and because my father would just ship me away or I went away, you know, and it was like great experiences in life and living in Europe a lot and traveling and by myself. And, you know, I, I, I saw beautiful, I had amazing experiences, you know, sure. at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, even in New York, living there and then going back to grad school. So I can't complain. Did I fuck up? Yeah, I fucked up a lot. Right. Um, but I was always aware, I always grew from things. I guess I'm getting to the point. I'm coming around the curve here, as they say in the radio business. Um, no, um, is that there are, I always look to change and grow as a person and learn. 
I always see it as like drawing. You can always just get better and better and better or painting, you know, mm -hmm. and you just keep doing it. But there are certain things that I just, I fucking, I have no answer to. And it frustrates right. me. And I bury them. Well, I bury them like, fuck it. I don't need to know that I had a great life so far and I love my wife and daughter. But at the sure. end of the day, when you see a movie like this, you know, like, what's really oh, interesting? <laughs> you know what's really interesting? There was a movie. I knew the power of movies because this what movie does. And this is the power of movie. I was, uh, and I'm going to remember the movie. It was Jack Nicholson, um, a divorce movie, 1985. I'm trying to remember what it was. I'll have to look it up. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to theater and I was living, of course, uh, in Martha's Vineyard with eight guys in a house, summer of 86. That's so funny. I can't believe you were right there. That's wild. Because yeah, like Anchor Town. You know, yeah, yeah just literally right across the wall. Yeah, I, and my brother was in West Yarmouth in a house with friends yeah. who's drinking and boozing. And I lived with these guys, and I worked construction. And uh, I learned how to build a house from scratch. And that That's was awesome. cool. Yeah. yeah, I was, of course, 40 pounds lighter. And we, my friend we lived with, who was a lawyer in San Fran, I still talk to him, he's a dear friend, drove around an old blue Cadillac hearse, 61 <laughs> nice. hearse that at Dan Aykroyd loved. And it was yeah, a great experience. Awesome. And... But I remember being in a theater watching this movie, and I'm going to look it up. And at the end, there was a woman. She looked like a wealthy woman, obviously, in Zegertown. And she was in tears. And the guy with her, it was a divorce movie, was just like looked at me and put his head down. Oh, Because I was the, always the last to leave the theater. I always right. like to watch the credits and all that right. crap. Right, right. And they were there in, you know, two in from the row. And just she was right. crying, and she wouldn't move. I was oh, like, God. wow, oh, how man. crazy yeah. are films? Um, well, that's that, the greatness, man. Like, that's like this way. Like, I, I know I always say, it, but this is the, the thing that I miss from a lot of movies in the past few years is that. Get closer to your mic, Dan. Uh, the thing that I, that I miss in a lot of movies, uh, popular movies within the past decade, uh, is that sort of confrontational, self-confrontational nature. And right. uh, where you watch where you watch a movie, it really makes you think about like what what you've fucked up, <laughs> you know. Uh, it was and... Mike Nichols' Heartburn, written by. Oh Mark yeah, Heartburn. Yeah, with uh, I will Street. I will give you an example. I will give you an example right? of my personal life for something a Heartburn. I do remember that film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, I got an example. So when I was in in college, there was a, a a girl that I was completely enamored with who was extraordinarily sweet and nice with me, but it was a clearly a codependent relationship. She liked the attention that I gave her. She was mm -hmm. very pretty. Let's mm -hmm. just put it that way. I was very nerdy. Let's just put it that way. Right. Really? So I gave her a lot of attention and she appreciated that attention in a mm -hmm. lot of ways, but she never wanted to do anything. So she always kept me at arm's length, but always wanted to make sure that I would give her as much attention as possible. She thrived on it, right? Mm. And that was a terrible relationship. Codependencies right? are generally awful, yes. Horrible, right? <laughs> <clears throat> so at one point, there was something traumatic that happened, at which point she decided I am going, she wanted to have a relationship with me, right? Mm. At which point I was like, fuck yeah. And I totally fucked it up. Like in, in a matter of <laughs> yeah. hours. Right, right. Right? Because I wasn't ready for a relationship. Sure. And it right. wasn't the right relationship. Right. Which, looking back now, after all these years, she realized this very quickly and said, whoa, this is going to get really bad. Yeah. Stop. 
So she stopped right. the relationship after like three days. Yeah. She's right? like, fuck this. This is not. No, she's like, yeah. like, and then she goes, and you, listen. And you stay. know who that woman was, Dan? Tyne Daly. It was Tyne Daly. I knew it. Yeah. I knew so, it. So I, I was, I went from pissed <laughs> off. Like I, I hated the, everything. And I basically got so angry at her for years. Right. It's like, oh, right. fuck you. You did this. You play with me. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And then, when but now looking back reality. at all these things and I were like, wait a minute. I just, I was not fucking, she did, she did me a service. Yeah. yeah she yeah. saved my ass from yeah, sure. years of bullshit. Right. Yeah. And it was never going to work between her and I never, yeah. ever, 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 ever. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so honestly, I, I, so, so that's what I, that's the way I try to look at these relationships. And by the way, Eric, you've told that story to me before about that, that girl in Spain. No, I didn't. And I think it's a real yes, you have. I've known you for many years. <laughs> In but fact, I, really... I will just note, yes, I will just note that uh high fidelity came out about the time that you and I met as friends. Oh wow. So we oh, were wow. those assholes back then. <laughs> I do remember That's dating a girl, crazy. and when we broke up, like four months later, I tried to send her invoices for all my therapy. She did mm -hmm. not get it. Did you <laughs> He was Did upset you really? about that. Yeah, she was very upset about that. And I was like, why? You put me towards this. I wouldn't be in therapy. I'm just saying. You went all the way fair. to 92nd, you for 92nd and Park, and I was on yeah. in the West Village. I was like, Jesus Christ, I got to take like, two trains yeah. to get up to this guy. That's um, So didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, understood. understood. Comedy is hard. I'll tell you. <laughs> Sometimes it's uh, not the right room. It's not the right room. <laughs> Are you, Are you kidding me? I was yeah. saying that, yes, I'm going to send you an invoice. No, you're, you're kidding. <laughs> so me. Good. But yeah, yeah, no, I think that movies, movies like this, it was, it was, it was excellent to, to see this and, and to see it as, see it for uh, what it's actually doing as opposed to yes. the fact that I didn't see what it was doing before is because I was actually John Cusack. I was yes. like, oh, I am that fucking asshole. That's when I was an asshole, and that's when I was seeing this movie. And there it is. And no one was completely and, blind. And, and, yep. And and that's I think that's a beautiful thing when a movie makes you realize the person you used to be, right? Yes. And to me, John Cusack somehow has an important part of that because throughout these films, I have seen myself as John Cusack has made me realize something about myself. Yes. Um, and so that is a kind of a wonderful thing that that acting can do. Right. That's right. what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel these ways. And I don't know how you do it as an actor, but he does it. And, well, he serves both kind of roles. He served both as a uh, like as a, uh, a positive uh, representation of your best self as our best selves. You know, like the, you know, like the person we want to be. The person you want to be, you know, which is essentially like, and I was going to say this earlier, it's like I, what I love about the fourth wall breaking in this movie is that first, the first thing that comes up is Ferris Bueller. Like it's a Ferris Bueller tool, right? And Yeah, uh, but it's hardcore. Like it does it constantly. Well, because Ferris, I've seen people critique Ferris Bueller for being like, oh, he's, you know, like he's a super rich asshole, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm like Ferris Bueller isn't a real person. He's the ego. Like he is the, he is the best self of Cameron, right? And right. so that's why it's so much fun to watch him is because he is like, what if I could feel that much self-confidence? What would that be like, right? But what's great about High Fidelity is breaks the fourth wall in the exact same way, but he's 
he's the id not <laughs> yeah he's he the, not ferris bueller he not ferris bueller and he doesn't even realize he's not ferris bueller he thinks he's ferris bueller and he no. is the opposite of ferris bueller yeah. uh and i think that's what's very, like it's a very subtle but really powerful tool in this movie to make because by the end of the movie when it gets to the because i really like i also really like the movie's argument because i don't think it's a depressing movie ultimately um like it's like he makes enough of a realization uh about where he's at that you have at least i have faith that he could hold on to that and become a better person but he will always have to keep an eye on this essentially and that he has this has the uh especially the realization about the fantasy version of uh of his girlfriend versus the the reality of who she is is something right. that that rings very true to me and that that's something that i've experienced myself where i'm just like that there's a there's the projected image of a person that you want them to be to emphasize your greatness and usually that has nothing to do with the person they are right, right? Hmm. and yeah. uh, when 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 you when when a lot of relationships don't last because once that wears away you're disappointed in the fact that it's different when in my personal experience like once that like once that goes away is the opportunity for real greatness like that's when you go like oh shit here's a real person that i actually know and i understand and it helps me understand myself and just understanding that you know and i think that that's where he's at at the end of the movie and so it's like it's enough of a progression that i come out of the movie feeling positive but fucking a i was in the middle of the movie i was like oh my god this is thing this thing is brutal like this is like <sighs> Jake well, <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the things I will say about, about it is that, you know, throughout this journey, he fucked up all the relationships and he, he fucked up the relationship that he's trying to salvage, which he, mm. we realize as well. But the fact is through all those things, he realizes that the relationship he actually has or had with her mm-hmm. was the most meaningful one. Yes. Right. Right. He sees so, her as a person for basically the first time, you know. Right. Uh, so after he goes through the journey, himself. even though he he never learned the actual lesson throughout these all all these journeys, right? Right. Uh, although he did learn that Charlie was actually a terrible person and he didn't realize it. <laughs> well, right? that's exactly, and that's the reason why it's the last one. It's because like when, when realizing Charlie is a terrible person, he is realizing he is a terrible person. Like that's right. like yeah, all these... anybody to hang out with her. Exactly. Like all the like the. Oh my god! I've been to those dinner genius. parties. Those oh, type god. of dinner parties, I know, are the worst. Take it, man. They're take the it, like... worst. It's the introduction it... too. Hi, everybody. This is. Uh... Oh god, yeah, it's fucking. Awful. So and this is everybody, meaning yeah, only yeah. the most important people are here. Yeah, like I probably don't remember your name. You should be happy to be around <laughs> right. these people, right? And so, like the, the, it was by with with Charlie, I realized that what the movie was doing all along is like each one of these former girlfriends is actually him uh are examples of what what is also wrong with him because each one is different and they're just like oh he's and and like with uh lily lily taylor he's hooking up with someone who's super needy you know like because because of flaws in him not because he's super needy because he is super needy this is what is wrong with him (laughs) like everyone is a projected relationship you know and right so like and then he walks away fire. and then and then he he when he has a when he when he gets back together with lily taylor and he's like she's like i'm super needy again yeah, oh god and then, and, then he's like, <laughs> and then he realizes like i'm not super needy again and yep. that's a fucking that's, trap yep 
Yeah, I'm That's gonna get a away from but yeah. and, and so like the, the for the end of the movie, like what I, I had uh, what I really want to point out is the that he seems to make a realization about his girlfriend to get back together. And then he almost fucks it up again, like because yes. there's and I was just like, oh, shit, the movie's going to slap me in the face again. But instead, it makes it into a cautionary tale. Which right. is uh, which is that which is the best part well, of the movie, it, like, which she basically say like, he he stops it before it becomes a problem yes. again. Here's and, a question: and She sees it entirely. She's like, "That is what yeah. is happening." I can see you're doing this. How do you see this as a movie if you took out Jack Black and the other guy? Oh, without oh, without I, them, they're not. They, he is not a likable character at all. Like could, right. I, could, I could not follow. They they the they movie. allow they, the they, movie, yeah. 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 So, so I, and I was actually going to bring this up in some ways. Also, there is so many massively good comedy moments in here mm -hmm. that are not part of the general narrative as much, right. but without them, doesn't give you the breath yeah. to inject. Otherwise, it'd be too heavy a movie to you it's fucking be too hate much. John Cusack if you didn't have yeah. those other two guys. Those Absolutely. other two guys it break work. it up to give it, give him some room mm -hmm. and, and like, one of the funniest scenes of all time is when uh what's it, tim robbins comes into the fucking record store <laughs> <That's> the best, <laughs> the best. <laughs> multiple versions of the reality Amazing. right so just to give you oh my god I i'm in crisis management sweetheart <laughs> so good. uh uh his ex-girlfriend or the one he's trying to regain ends up having a relationship with the guy named he used to live upstairs. Right. He's uh, stays, right. and he's like a total hippie dude, played by Tim Robbins, who's got a fucking ponytail and is a douchebag. Yeah, it's amazing. Big time. And so she's she basically uses she uses him as a way to get out of her relationship and somehow bonds with him in mm -hmm. some ways, right? This, of course, sends John Cusack into a tailspin, saying, fuck it. The all the everything is be all of my problems are him, right? Right puts him in the center of all the problems at which point he keeps harassing 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 them has the say anything moment outside of the house where he's fucking calling them on the yeah, phone it really is yeah right. it was like it was exactly that moment right it's like oh my god and he just keeps harassing harassing at which point tim robbins decide he's going to try to make peace with him by coming to the store and telling him not to call anymore right and, right right and so that's basically what it comes in and he's at such an and, and tim robbins is uber asshole within his you know namaste moments right kind of <laughs> right. bullshit and, and 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 he's just being such a pretentious asshole and so basically we relive in 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 his uh, basically we're reliving those those lies it's not dissimilar to what you said eric what if i'd done something different what if right. i'd done something different so right. he relives like uh uh, uh john cusack relives that moment and it keeps cutting back to the moment when tim robbins says something right and he's like oh what if i just said nothing what if i just yelled at him what if i just punched him in the face and dropped an air conditioning on his head like the, all of those moments get said in that and it's so funny um and uh and then ultimately what he did was to do nothing right and that was the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's like it goes it goes so far over the top. You're just like, 
And they just murdered yeah. that dude. <laughs> <laughs> just murdered it. Straight him. up murdered that dude. That's what happened. And I think the best part is Karen Karen kept calling the other guy, not not not, not Jack Black's guy, the other guy kept calling she kept calling him Moby. Moby he does yeah, have totally. Moby. It looks like, I was so, trying to be like, like yeah, the best scary. part was he's like, Hey, hey guys, break it, break it up. When they were fighting, <laughs> they bring it up. Up. Yeah, uh, and I love the fact that he has the most the cutest relationship of everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it's so adorable. I know it's so good. Yeah, and but it's yeah, just like, nerdy, nerdy about talking about Green Day, like you know. And huh, that's the, what the, that girl's name, that actress. She's really fun. She used to be on uh, Roxanne. Uh, Roseanne. She no, was Roseanne. On Roseanne. That's right. Yeah, yeah she was no, on Roseanne. Really yeah. She was the middle child in Roseanne. She's right. really good as an actress as well, yep. but. Yep, uh, also, I'd like, I like. I kind of liked. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bennett. Um, Lisa Bonet. Black girl. Lisa Bonet. Oh, Lisa Bonet is great in this thing. Yeah, she, I forgot, yeah, I she, was she was really good. Yeah, yeah, she was really yeah, like she's like she's she the voice of reason. It was like, yeah. hey, you know, she's the voice of like, fuck it, let's just. Now the television show yourself. where this has her daughter, who I think is stunning. Really? Does the television show High Fidelity? There's is there a, a show, show called High Fidelity? I have no idea what you're talking about right now. That's There's strange. a television show called High Fidelity with uh, the girl that was in uh, Mad Max, who's so hot. What? That, uh, yeah. uh, they, there's like a whole other universe happening right now. Is this real? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen that show? I have not. My God. It's not I'm Lisa Bonet. It's uh, the daughter is, is Lenny Kravitz's daughter is... Oh, Lenny Kravitz is done. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is what's I, her name? Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. She's Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Right. High fidelity television show on Hulu. I did not know that at all. That's amazing. I may have. I, I didn't I, know there was a show like that. Yeah, Hulu is. Is Hulu it related is to this movie? Yes. Oh, that's she plays your mom's character. Embarrassing. I, 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 I don't know why I tune Hulu out. I have Hulu. But like Sky, I always, uh, Snowfall is amazing. Oh yeah, you said that was great. I didn't know that was Hulu. Yeah, like they're like when I scroll through Hulu's movies and TV shows, I feel that's when I feel the oldest. When I'm just like, I know none of these titles literally at all. <laughs> like but literally, so know nothing. Much stuff, dude. Yeah, that it's impossible to How follow. Do you, keep up? you just have to follow your own chops. That's well, the that's thing. the thing. It's like, have you, you know, the people ask, have you, have you watched uh, Squid Game? I was like, I don't have fucking time to do that shit right now. I, I did watch Squid Game and it's very good. I liked it. Right. I, I understand that. Yeah. But it's, <coughs> but it's wait. 10 hours. You know, it's like, it's a, that's a big chunk. Yeah. It's a commitment. Like, uh, that there's so many things. For. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you, did you guys watch the trailer that uh, Justin sent us? Which one? So I don't know if you he sent us oh, an email. Oh, the, the zombie one. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, I, the sadness. I, the sadness. I am totally on board for that. I'm t I I bet that is fucking disturbing as hell. But he specializes in that when he comes on the show. Yes. <laughs> so I think we should do it. I think we should. Well, have, the problem. Okay, so let's just keep. Okay, so Justin Denton, as you guys may remember on the show, he was a guest on the show back when we used to do these things in person. Right. And Justin is a. Uh, 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 likes eccentric movies and disturbing movies and and hard horror films, etc. And that's right. great. And so he said, I saw a trailer. He sent us a trailer to a movie that he wants to discuss, which is a Korean film, I believe, called mm -hmm. The Sadness. The sadness. It is yeah. still, it is still uh, in uh, festivals. So I don't think it's out yet. Right. But 
if you look just look up the sadness red band trailer, trailer because that's yeah. good yeah that's what you'll need it's to, to really do. something it is something and be 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 forewarned this is a justin <laughs> denton suggestion so that in itself should be a warning yes. but he's thinking maybe we can have a find a way to be able to talk about it on on the show which would be kind of amazing i'm so, always in for another uh can i watch it all the way through ride like uh bad boy bubby i think that's a wonderful idea that's right he was bad boy bubby he's bad boy yeah, bubby he was he's bad like, boy. i know i'm pretty sure that this i didn't know after not... 20 minutes of bad boy bubby is like i don't know if i, I don't know if i can do it <laughs> like I, I don't know if i'm tall after i get on this ride and yeah uh, and that's how i feel about the zombie movie and by the end of wild. the thing yeah yeah i don't know if i'm tall enough to get on this ride (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah that's uh but i'm i'm into it just for like to see how far i can uh how far i can get and then uh, we should talk about it i think it's a good idea justin is a very very charming and funny guy with excellent taste and uh i love that he is uh uh that he uh, he challenges even us in what we can handle is is uh something something worthy of applause i think Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, I hate to cut it short, but I think we've said a lot of great things and Eric revealed a lot about himself and I revealed a lot about myself and Dan just kept rambling. I so just, it was I've really got, good. Which reveals a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> By example, reveals a lot about me. You know, Let me talk I, about that I, in <laughs> yeah, I want I want Eric to tell more personal stories, mostly no. so that we can figure out the password to his uh, uh, Facebook account. That would be hey, man. Really there's only so do. much we can do with scraping Twitter, uh, Twitch the oh, way Twitch. that happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, you can only get so far. It's pretty finding out the password would not be hard for you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I already guessed it. Not that what you said it. it. I fe- no, I'm not going to say it on the No, no, I'm not going to say it. You know that mine is Titanic <laughs> forever. Titanic it's kind of crazy. Eric, I love the fact that we know each other so well. They're like, oh shit. Okay, so say, give me the initials. I'm not going to do it. Just <laughs> because no, that's how they get you, dude. Don't do it. Don't I'm do not going to do it. Not going to do it. Because yeah, right. you know that someone somewhere is listening to this thing just to write down uh, another beard joke. We're going to try beard 1101. Right. <laughs> it would be correct all right but uh i will say that uh both these movies were a delight to watch mm-hmm. they're both available on hbo max for now so uh, i would highly recommend you guys watch them again and uh, trust me say anything holds up in a lot oh, of yeah. ways big time big time yeah, yeah. really and great I, I just want to beg john cusack because i know he's i'm sure he's a listener he's a big that, listener. yes he's, he's a big, big listener, listener of the show, of the show. that john mm-hmm. I think we need you. We need one a third more. movie. We need a third That's movie. That's the problem we all had. Is like okay. Yeah. So Trifecta. I knew. I knew. Yeah. I knew. I knew what how how naive and ambitious I was in high school. I saw how it all fell Wait a minute. Grifters. apart in two thousand. <laughs> Unfortunately, maybe true. <laughs> Grifters. Grifters is the. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we spoke this. We in. need. We need John Cusack today to to like talk about how he's screwing up the world for all the millennials no brother so. <laughs> oh boy i tell you yeah i think uh i think that there's another there should be another one on the way let um let before midnight be your guide john that's all i can say be honest it's going to be um, a hard ride yeah and if any of our <laughs> listeners happens to know john cusack you know make sure and forward him this. hit him up say hey john hit him up for the oh, we hey, follow john. him on twitter go, you never let's know go, let's go 
Yeah, I love that guy's work. And uh, at some other point, we'll cover uh, Gross Point Blank, which is actually shot two towns over, one town over from me. And so uh, I'm looking really? forward to, yeah, it's uh, the, the center town is uh, actually downtown Monrovia, I believe, uh, which is right next door to my house. Wait a minute. I th Gross Point Blank was shot yep. there? The, the the insert stuff like all oh, the okay. like it's all chicago but i believe the like they they did main street stuff and insert stuff right yeah. uh well also we might be wrong. i think that maybe gross point bank gross point bank gross point blank might be a good pairing with better off dead that's a good one yeah. okay we'll do a john cusack part two coming your way that's what we're saying we like that right there we like that yep nicely done nicely done just saying Right. And then at some point we have to do the arty arty side of John Cusack with uh, being John Malkovich because that movie also deserves some. Uh, it's a good movie all by itself. That that should make he's it. He's done there. so many phenomenally great movies. No, he's he's yeah, awesome. Yes. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't turned out something yeah. big in a long time. Well, the last big yeah, Con Air. Con Air, hey, everybody <laughs> gets a paycheck. But uh, listen, he was in Cronenberg's last movie. I worked yeah. on 2012. He was in 2012. Well. Okay, 2012 and Con Air. That's going to be like the darker, the, the, the paycheck side of John Yeah, the paycheck side. But perfectly entertaining films, we understand. But yeah, uh, let's, not, not, let's not get out let's of not control dwell. Let's not dwell. Let's not uh, get ahead of ourselves. Uh, he, he did uh, Maps to the Stars with David Cronenberg. So there's he's excellent in that, though. Um, that being said, I also want to mention quickly that uh, Dan Cooper, 1971, on Twitter, uh, uh, wanted to recommend that we check out uh, a double feature. I'm sure that uh, Eric is very familiar with this. I believe it was Vanishing Point and Tulane Blacktop was his request. I want to put that on the air. Oh, Tulane Blacktop. Yeah, yeah that'd be a, that'd be a good yeah. uh, double feature for us coming up. Uh, and he had some other. Put that uh, on our. Put phone. that on our. Put that put on our Slack list. so that I can put it. Uh, just type it in the Slack and I'll add it to our list. I'm doing it right this very second. Upcoming right. episodes. Vanishing Point and Tulane Blacktop. We do listen to the tweets, so please tweet at us. We are yeah. uh, at Martini Giant on Twitter, and uh, we're yep. fairly interactive, so please hit us up there. That's we, actually one of the places we're the most interactive. So, And not that we ignore the other ones. It's just that that seems to be a good place for a lot of our audience members. That's true. Uh, we're also on Instagram, our Martini underscore Giant. We're on Facebook, uh, uh, what, backslash Martini Giant? I can't remember. Facebook.com slash Martini Giant. Yep. And uh, also, you can then go to the store. And go to the store. All right. All right. Yeah. Right. So just go to martinigiant.com. If you go to martinigiant.com, you'll see our Threadless store is listed there. And we have a bunch of merch available. Uh, besides it being really awesome merch, it also helps support us. So we always appreciate that. Uh, if you are able to support us uh, yeah. in some ways because it helped pay for the podcast and help us continue to do the kind of things we do. We do actually have expenses to podcasting. So those that support is always helpful. And you also get a really cool Martini Giant t-shirt or mug or uh, bath mat or beach towel or any of those things. Believe it or not, we have a lot of random things on there which are pretty hilarious and a the lot of fun. The bath mat's pretty great, right? You said the bath mat was Love awesome. the bath mat. Yeah. Love the bath mat. So yeah, Karen's like, it's going to get filthy. And you know what? I just cleaned it and it's perfect. So it's a really good high quality bath mat. That's all I got to say. That's and it awesome. feels really good on your feet when you basically come out of the shower and you see the words like tears in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> can't be beat, dude. That can't be beat. Can't be yeah. beat. I got to tell you, the, the coffee cup, the large coffee cup I got, I use that literally three times a day. So that's there my, you go. That's my uh, pimp out right there. 
all of this has been designed by our good friend, Eric Sheely, who does fabulous things. Also, one reminder, if you guys do subscribe to us on Twitch, uh, we will get you some artwork uh, specifically from the show that you're uh, listening to uh, that are, that uh, uh, Eric has done. So that is something that I want to also recommend. So please subscribe nice. to us on Twitch. I really appreciate it. All right. You guys ready for this? We're ready to do it. All right. Drink. Come. Huh.